Yo, what's up, guys and gals? Uh, on today's Gravity Lab Radio, we have Jesse O'Neill. You might recognize Jesse's name. He was on the show about a year and a half ago, and you will see him out and about in the United States on Performance Designs Road Tour. If you're at a drop zone and you want to check out canopies, look for the Road Tour. They have all their most popular size uh, mains and optimum reserves, and uh, you can jump them. You can demo them. You can go out there and get a jump and check it out for free. Even better yet, you can talk to the people themselves. Jesse is representing Performance Designs. He knows the information. He knows about the canopy and he'll give you a lot of advice. He's got a good background in skydiving, and uh, we'll learn a little bit more about him today. He's been on the show before, so uh, if you haven't heard it, go back to, I don't know, February, March last year, 2020, and you can figure it out. But today's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by the Texas Shootout. If you uh, know a little bit about us, the Rating Center is, is my company. It's, it's where we founded Gravity Lab Radio from. And last year, we hosted the first ever Texas Shootout. This is a competition in uh, uh, shadowing or following in the footsteps of Performance Design's Bullseye event. And the Texas Shootout will be in three locations. We have qualifiers at Skydive Spaceland Houston, Skydive Spaceland Dallas, and Skydive Spaceland San Marcos. This accuracy event is for you newer jumpers. You have to have less than 500 jumps at the time of registration. And we're going to check logbooks if you're close and you, and you do change those numbers. We'll make sure and we'll keep everybody honest. But we want you guys to have a good time. We want you guys and gals to compete together. And there's a lot of prizes up. Skydive Spaceland Houston Qualifier, July 17th. Skydive Spaceland Dallas Qualifier, August 21st. And on September 25th, Qualifier in Skydive Spaceland San Marcos. The top three competitors from each location will qualify for the finale. Finale will be at Spaceland Houston, October 23rd, where you'll compete for the championship. At each qualifier, there will be two hop and pops. The lowest score, it's just an accuracy contest, the closest to the target, wins. The finals will have three rounds. To learn more about it, check out uh, or search on Facebook, Texas Shootout, uh, and any of the locations we just mentioned, and you'll find the event listings there. You'll find information, how to register. There is no cost outside of your skydives. You still got to pay to jump, folks. But there is no registration fee, no cost to this. The winners uh, of each location will go to the finals. You'll get a free jersey from Option Studios. Huge shout out to Adam Buckner and his staff for providing these jerseys. Love you guys. Thank you so much. So we'll outfit you guys with Texas shootout jerseys and, uh, of course, compete for the grand prize. We do know so far LB Altimeter is donating an Aries 2 and a Protract 2 to the winner of this. We have other prizes we'll be announcing in the near future. But until then... Enjoy the show with Mr. Jesse O'Neill. I'm the target of a meat mess with 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You are listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Hello, everyone. We are live. It's happening. It's happening. What is that voice? That voice is so weird. Do you recognize that voice, Nick? It's not the voice of reason, because I don't it, hear that very often. It is not the voice of silence. <laughs> it is the voice it's of me. Alex DeGlopper. It is me. Um, I wasn't sure if you were trying to get me to talk there. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, for now, we're going to say the other voice we're about to welcome is Jesse O'Neill. How have you been, brother? I've been wonderful. Even better now that I'm here in Houston with you wonderful people. 
man first time we gentleman first time we met you was kind of odd i think we met you one afternoon and the next morning 15 minutes before the show i said uh you want to be on the show i still don't know your name <laughs> <laughs> so it's good this time to see you hanging out and, and, and being here what were you doing here this weekend i was out here with performance designs and we had a nice little demo weekend who performance designs incorporated i haven't heard of her she's a nice lady she is she's yeah. a wonderful lady yeah um, and you're doing the demo tour this weekend. Yeah, I've been the past couple of weeks. Uh, this last weekend, I was in Houston. The weekend before, in San Marcos at their Come and Take It Boogie, and I'll be in Dallas next weekend. All Spacelands, baby. Yeah, they're close and they're awesome. Good places to go. Probably, yeah, this is my first time in Houston, uh, and quite amazed at the facilities and everybody around here. So we could have had better weather, but. Had a had a pretty decent day on Sunday and put a couple out yesterday too. I think we actually had way better weather than we were supposed to have, though, wasn't it? Yeah, the forecast, man. It's been. Uh, I guess I'm t- uh, many people have heard me say this, so maybe people are tired of hearing me say how odd the weather is. But uh, usually by June, it's super consistent. We're jumping every day, all day. We might shut down for a you know afternoon thunderstorm that rolls in. But uh, yeah, it's been spring has really lingered into uh, a later time of year than it usually does. So, yeah, we should have had better weather. We could have had better weather, but, hey, at least we got some jumps in. I find in the bad weather, I don't find as odd as I find by this time of year. Houston weather is like Florida weather. It's commonly just unpredictable. Um, But by this time of year, they're usually a lot more right than they're wrong. In other words, um, if they say it's going to rain, it's probably going to rain a good bit. If they say it's not, it's probably going to not, where it's been ass wrong this entire last week. We weren't supposed to jump Monday through Thursday and did – multiple uh full days of jumping most of them and multiple loads on the days that weren't a full day of jumping i think every day that we jumped this weekend it was supposed to be a complete wash yeah and we had you over for dinner friday night and we all went to bed thinking like we'll just hang out and watch clouds tomorrow and it was a full day jumping full day jumping i I do think you were scheduled to come out a few weeks uh previous right originally yeah we definitely had better weather this weekend than the weekend you were originally scheduled to show up yeah I, i saw that when i was like I was really upset that I couldn't make it out for that for that week. And then I was looking at the weather and it was straight torrential thunderstorms that entire week. So I don't think it was that yeah, much. Of, you, well, you it was did, a wash, but you did better when you showed up. We'll say that. Well, thank you. What's your uh, this is your first year really out doing the tour? Yeah. So I was supposed to last year. Right now, it's, I think I'm about like a year and a half working for PD. And uh, last year was supposed to be my first year out on the road. And then, as we all know, 2020 was also kind of a wash. Oh, that's right. We met you right before the sh- before the world shut down. Yep. That's and, right. Uh, well, so I'd, I'd like to say so far this this is going way less awkward than than the last time we, we was sat it, down Was together. it weird? Do you guys don't remember that? I guess it was just me. I blocked it out. <laughs> it was that weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the one we did in the closet. Uh, no. I thought we weren't going to talk about that. No, no, we're not going to talk about that. What a fun trip that was, though. Dude, it was a fucking blast. It was a whirlwind. Just having you here this week really allowed me to play back that time and, and the chance. And seven shows in three days is what we did. Um, you helped us keep the show open one night with Anna. Re- uh, remember she showed up with what? Uh, an empty bottle of wine. <laughs> an empty bottle <laughs> <Yeah>. of wine. <laughs> that, well, I w- that I went to go get a bottle opener for. Yes, 
And uh, that I stole from the perfect spot. I was gonna say I don't not gonna mention how you commandeered it. Nick ran over to the gas station, picked up a couple bottles of wine. Thankfully, gas stations in Florida sell wine. Yeah, it was definitely a team effort. Yeah. And she went into the where'd she steal the the break room glasses? Yeah, from the from PD's break room. She got the she brought some functional. I think cups. they were. Uh, oh, they were the the. I think they were like from PIA or something, like little branded coffee cups. I thought they were like Albert's coffee, co- coffee oh, okay. cups. Okay, no, that, that makes more sense. Whatever, yeah. it, we made it work. Yeah, whatever it was. Um, it was funny because she knew exactly where to go and what to get when it came to drinking. I'm like, you drink here often. <laughs> so, uh, it was it was a whirlwind. It was a good time. And was that March? When was that? It was February seventeenth. I think was your show. Just because I remember the date of, and I don't know if that's the date we showed up or the date of the first show, but um, yeah. And seeing all that you, I mean, you guys showed up with like eight, eight trunks full of all of this recording equipment. One. Well, it seems one like eight. eight, same thing. Yeah. We got one giant ass truck. It's, it's like trunk. you, you showed up with one bin of parachutes, right? No, that was eight. Yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it, it was a, it was a good time. So I want to, more than anything else, we like shooting the shit on the show. And that's what I want to get us to, but I cannot pass up this opportunity to share a little bit about the demo tour. Um, it, it is an experienced jumper, a somebody who's been jumping a long time. I enjoy getting demos. What I like a little bit more than getting a demo is a free demo. I mean, <laughs> normally I spend like 50 bucks to get a demo from Performance Designs for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Go to the website, pop on. If you guys have never done it, it's super fucking easy. $50. It's a pretty fucking sweet deal. Free is cooler. It's a lot, but it's not, I think there's like a maybe. Pack job fee or something? Yeah, we, I, I always do the last pack job. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just $7 for the last one. And So if I demo a can of P3 jumps, I'm going to pay you 7 bucks at the end. Yeah. Man, for me, I recently demoed the Sabre 3, and it was because I coach people on the Sabre. I know I'm going to be coaching people on Sabre 3. To speak intelligently, I wanted to demo it. But I was looking at the, the demo tour listing, and I didn't realize how many Horizons you carry with you. And I was like, man, I should put the fattest Horizon I could fit in my container and go out because we're seeing more and more canopies like the Horizon and the Horizon specifically. And I'm sure I'm going to be coaching and talking to people on that as well. So the chance to demo anything I want is pretty unique. Yeah. I don't quite carry every single thing that we make, um, but definitely carry the main lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the last time I checked. I think it's like 77 parachutes total. So it's it's quite a quite a handful I'm pretty sure that Nick told me there was only 76 when you locked the box how's that new canopy Nick <laughs> my new canopy is great it's a year old now but it still feels really new it's still on its original line set because I don't sky nearly as are you insinuating you stole this oh I see yeah but uh, you know we agreed that we were going to keep some secrets before, before the show started <laughs> that's right man I keep and that was mine secrets. and you violated my trust what secrets okay Whitney <laughs> huh I'm, I'm lost now which one did you take uh, all of them. All of them. The so trailer's only, gone too. Now sorry. I have one box. So <laughs> yeah, you were supposed to be on the demo tour last year. It canceled. It never happened. Mm-hmm. Did you do? It? I think maybe in the year you did something in Florida somewhere. Yeah, went to a handful of events throughout Florida. Uh, but then St. Patrick's Day of this year was, or that weekend was the first time I left Florida for the demo tour, and it was pretty awesome. What event was that? Uh, the Fitz Buggy. Okay. And Fitzgerald, Georgia. And then came back for a couple months, got prepared, and now I'm on the road for the next five months or so. So, we're your second stop. 
Second stop, baby. First one was uh, San Marcos, which was awesome because I used to work there. So it was like a little little homecoming and a send off. They were happier <laughs> to see me leave than for me to show up. How, how long ago did you work there? I worked before Spaceland took over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the year. And then 2019, the winter of 2019, I was I was down there helping out with uh, beautifying the place. Nice. So you were there <laughs> right as it uh, as it switched over. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. So it's quite a lot has changed in the past couple in the years since. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of upgrades and renovations, and uh, still has the old vibe that it that it always did that makes it feel homey. But really awesome aircraft facilities have been greatly improved. I think so. To be fair, Skydive San Marcos had great facilities. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, yeah. It, there was nothing. It wasn't yeah. bad at all. Yeah. When we, uh, we bought uh, Skydive Dallas, the facilities were kind of on the downfall. There were some things that really needed help and needed upgrade. But when San Marcos, when Space Lane went to San Marcos, it was pretty easy transition in the building. Some upgrades needed to be done, but uh, everybody before, and I say everybody, several owners before, everybody put a lot of care and, and love into those buildings. Yeah. But man, it's it's a cool place. So. The two you've only done it twice now, so it's not necessarily a fair comparison. But is there a difference between what you're doing right now versus last year? You're you're with the RV this year. Last year, did you just get it shipped there, or did you have? No, last year I actually I took the RV. Okay, but it was you know throw a throw a weekend bag in of all my clothes and stuff. Throw the parachutes in, get in, drive to Zephyr Hills or Sebastian or something like that, and then drive it back to Deland and unpack everything. So now everything I have is all in there. So now you have all your clothes, all your life, your teddy bear to sleep with. Two teddy bears, missing some clothes, one parachute apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. Well, how are you missing clothes already? The socks, man, the dryers. I don't know what happens. There's just always one missing. Uh, well, I have some fantastic new Crocs though, so I'm not wearing that many that many socks. <laughs> Those Crocs socks. Yeah, I, Those Crocs are wonderful. Some good looking Crocs. Somehow I still manage to lose them. In the hangar, which is I, I always I take off. I like working barefoot, especially I can't pack with shoes on. I don't know how anybody does. It's yeah. just really weird to me. I feel you. Same thing. Uh, well, and I think everybody in Houston's barefoot anyways because the landing areas has been. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say because it's a bunch of hippies here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wasn't gonna go there, but uh, yeah, and they're the bright tie-dye Crocs that are probably the, one of the most obnoxious things I've ever seen on people's feet. And I still happen to lose them when I take them off, and you can see them clearly across the hangar. <laughs> yeah, I can I can certainly testify to that because I was in the packing room when you showed up on the drop zone, or maybe not showed up, but when I first saw you, very first thing I noticed was the Crocs, man. Like, I like being known as the Croc guy more than the PD guy. <laughs> well, I mean, I wear pink flip flops all around. I'm sure you've seen them, so I like oh, okay, real recognize real. I see this guy. <laughs> 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 it's it's all it's it's. Who we are? It's who, yeah, that's yeah. what we do. Is who yeah. we are. <laughs> um, so, so do you, my train of thought do you feel like more or less of an adult wearing those Crocs? I don't know if I quite know what it feels like to be an adult. Okay, perfect answer. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and maybe my decision making in buying them proves that point. So you've got uh, all these parachutes at your disposal. Mm-hmm. What uh, what parachute are you flying? I have two. I have a valkyrie and i have a saber three cool so how many jumps do you have just to establish some some i have two log books and then two separate verbal <laughs> accounts 
and I haven't combined them all yet, but uh, I'm right around 2000. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, so the Valkyrie and the Saber 3, what do you like about these two? Like, what are the differences that you enjoy between these two parachutes? I'm going to fly my Valkyrie because of this, and I'm going to fly my Saber 3 because of that. I spent most of last year, I'm actually just getting re- really more current on a, on a Valkyrie now, but I spent most of last year jumping the Sabre 3 uh, after the launch because I, I've been able to fly, I've been fortunate to fly b- even before I got this position pretty much all of our canopies as well as from other manufacturers. Um, and I, I had a, I have a bunch of jumps on Sabre 2s and I'm going to be repping the Sabre 3 and I actually want to know how it, how it flies and actually and not necessarily just read from the yeah, paper. Yeah, speak from experience know? instead yeah, of from a textbook. Yeah, for sure. sure. And uh, I'm happy to say I love it. You know, I the Sabre 2 is my favorite all-around canopy. Um, I used it for work. I used it for fun jumps. I learned, I went through my canopy progression on that. Um so the different why I like to fly, I don't really know. I don't. You, do you do freestyle on that Saber three? I haven't yet. No, um, but working, I, I stopped doing freestyle because I I was hurting myself too much and put myself out of work for okay. a little bit of time. What was the trick that got you? Uh, <laughs> falling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what was it? What was that fall supposed to be? Um, it was supposed to be a blind man that. Uh, turned into why well, I was still blind, but I did a couple somersaults and put my hand down. The uh, reach is what gets the you. reach. The reach gets you just, just yeah. accept it, accept yeah. your failure, slide it out, accept your failure. Uh, <laughs> that's what my parents have been telling me <laughs> my whole life. Um, so what's, hold on. I just, just stop you. What's the proper plural for a blind man? Like I did several of these today. Did I do blind men or did I do blind man's? I don't think one of them sounds way less yeah. suggestive. <laughs> I did a bunch of blind men today. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't see it coming. <laughs> All right, great. Um, so what's uh, I've found myself in a lot of freestyle conversations recently. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the as someone who's interested in, in starting to learn freestyle? What's the first trick? What's the first thing to practice? I really don't know. That, like I'm not even close to experienced enough to like give someone coaching, but I think. Like I did a lot of methods before I I started turning anything, and it's getting comfortable with being uneven and uncomfortable in the harness and how to fly it, uh, and not not necessarily relying on what you're seeing in the canopy, like you say, if you're you know blind or something looking, but or what the, the ground's doing around you. I guess you should really be aware of that too, but <laughs> more so what you're feeling. You know, like you want to you want to. Like if you're if you turn blind, you know so many people like end up crashing because sure. they, they they're, they're looking yeah. at the wing, you know, and and which way it's going as opposed to feeling it, and then they make it worse by trying to correct it, but they're really not correcting it. Yeah, I think uh, for me, kiting a lot in that same spot yeah, with yeah. my hands exactly where they're going to be with my hands crossed and kiting, just. Uh, doing that to a point where now it's not so much thought you actually have a, a feel for it i actually put uh, I, used, I used to put my rig on backwards uh so that you know the risers weren't crossed or anything mm-hmm. and it, it really didn't help at all so do you 
did you change your your methodology? Yeah, I never actually you did know, that. I, like, uh, <laughs> I, I, I kite with my container on backwards because it's easy. Because it's like that's just the lazy guy's way of getting getting things going. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you laughed because you just. I, well, I, I was like, me. no. How I, does that I, help you? I I genuinely started kiting with my container on the front of me because it was just easier. It was easier to see everything. Oh, so you actually did that? Oh, dude, I have a lot of kiting time with the dude, container he, on yeah, the front of me. Yeah, he still does it. Yeah, it's just wants to get out and fly his canopy. So, hey, this is an easy way to go fly my canopy. Yeah, just step in through the leg straps and put this, this See, stuff and, on really and then for, awkwardly. For a long time, I didn't even wear the leg straps flying it forward. And I was like, Do you oh, have your chest strap on? I don't think so. This is a really good way to get choked. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm going to start too. doing it then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I, I've progressed into wearing it normally and mm-hmm. tightening my leg straps. And oh boy, has that helped. Yeah, because now the same steering that you're doing in the harness that uh, it makes, makes it sense, makes it real right? wonky. Yeah, you get to practice not messing that part up. I uh, one thing I did was I I practiced like turning around up high. You know, like mm-hmm. if I could if I could turn. It was also on a saber too, where I learned freestyle, so it wasn't. Uh, you know, it's kind of like being on a swing set and turning around in the swing. Nothing's the swing set's not going to move. It can. But, you know, it's it's pretty easy. So, like, I, when I finally brought it to the ground, I did a lot of, I was like, okay, I can turn around without touching the ground and not having the canopy dip. Um, so, maybe it'll, maybe it'll work on the ground. But a lot of methods before that. So, I don't know. How did you start? Uh, I started just doing a lot of rear riser landings first. Because uh, I just feel I feel way more stable doing freestyle stuff on my rears, and I know that that's a personal preference. And someone who's better at it than me might stress more the importance of of toggles. But I can't uh, do it on toggles. Yeah, I can't do very much on toggles. But uh, just getting used to. Can you flare? Uh, I don't know what that means. That's when you dress real fancy and nice and have a lot of buttons oh, on. Yeah, flare. Woo! Rick Flair. Dude, yes. Okay, Chop perfect. chest. Let's go. But uh, so I started doing a lot of a uh, lot of rear it's riser. My cat. Ignore him. Okay, I didn't know if that was coming through here. Or I don't know if anyone can hear the cat. It's just me. Don't worry. No. About so it. I've, <laughs> I've I've talked to people who listen to the show and have heard us. We, we've had this conversation more than once. We wonder if people can hear the cat, and people who've heard this have said no, they don't hear the cat. So rewind w- w- one minute. Anyone who's listening to this and just listen, and and if you can hear a cat, it sounds something like. Meow. But really faint what's, because he's through the like? I'm not sure. I forget. Is that... I, huh, what? Huh? <laughs> now people are going to start wondering. We had John Barry. Remember he would do cricket sounds? Yeah. I remember. Yeah. He's got a really good cricket sound. It seems like uh, Joe Getty also had a good cricket sound. Yeah. I was trying to get John to do it without anybody pointing it out to just randomly let people think they're crickets in their car while they're listening to the show or something. There's fucking cricket in my house, man. Have you guys ever heard of the Annoyatron or Scaratron? <laughs> no. It's this. It's the best gag gift ever. I, I don't. I don't. You can. I think you can get them on Amazon now. But it's this little. Where's my phone? Little. Yes. <laughs> uh just don't do it to anybody who listens to the show. Uh, does anybody listen to the show? No. 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 <laughs> no. Uh, we're up to one viewer. It's us. Hi, Brian Menard. Isn't it so weird doing this in the daytime? Just if I can throw that out. Like, it's, it's what, 1230 right now? And I'm sitting at your house? It feels so weird to be here at this but time. But we have the rest of the day ahead of us. I guess. Our opportunities are endless. What will we do with it? I don't know. Party? 
Do some I, day drinking? I do have that written down yeah. in my notes, actually. I have the notes on how to start the show, and then the last bullet point is party. So, How's it going back at that desk so far? I'm freaking out. <laughs> freaking out, man. <laughs> no, DJ did a pretty good job of explaining everything. Um, Nick's going to say, remember to put the camera on you while no, you're I'm talking. No, not, I'm not, I'm not going to gonna tell you I anything. Try yeah, to give I mean, it a shot. It Push the button, see how it. it feels. Yeah, just stand by as I and then, take 20 and minutes then to figure it out. Just <laughs> try not to look at yourself on the screen now that's that that's weird. happening. I don't like it. It's weird, I want to show the people that. That's the world we're living in. So a quick change, a quick just adjustment if you listen to the show. Justin and Elsa are still producing the show. They're still helping us. Both of them have very extremely busy lives, and we just need a backup. We need a third plan to help alleviate the load. So uh, Alex the Glopper been on the show before, and now he is the uh, extra third person. He's like the fifth, eight, eighth wheel. Is that what he is now? An eighth AKA wheel? Plan C. Yeah, I was going to ask how that C. feels. What's up? I was going to ask how that feels to be like the last resort. Great. I mean, usually I'm not even considered for things. So <laughs> I'm just I mean, happy to be here. Last resort and desperation are two different things, right? How does it feel to be <laughs> desperate? No, you're desperate right yes, now. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so back to the Annoyatron. They, they have a they have a couple different. I don't remember the rest nickname. of what who, we were talking. Who before. gave you that nickname? That's good. It's fitting. <laughs> My big sister. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> uh, so little little microchip has one of these uh, L and B CR twenty three twenty five batteries in it. Okay, and a, uh, a speaker. How big is this device? I know it. <laughs> so it's I don't know. If they're, They've changed them a couple times over the years, um, but they also have a magnet on it, and I think some of them have some sticky tape. And you, you can go through. There's a couple different settings. Oh, and um, you can make it do crickets, right? Yeah, so you can make okay. it do cricket sounds, uh, like iPhone message alert. Um, <laughs> and then I forget what the other ones are with that, but then there's the Scaretron, which is even better. And I used to hide it in people's campers at my home drop zone. And... Uh, they never find it, but it, it'll be like, hey, can you hear me? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so just like imagine drifting out to sleep. Hey, can you hear me? <laughs> or or like a like a, a gasping last breath and a little girl giggling Ooh. from like in an echoey. I don't know. It's they are amazing. And it, like even if you it's great if you don't like the person. If you like the person, you get the Annoyatron. If you don't like the person, you get the Scaratron. Wait a minute. I like my sister-in-law a lot, and I'm still going to get the Scaratron. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you, have to, you have to weigh how long before, like if you see their mental health starting to like rapidly deteriorate, you know, it's, you may have to tell them, but you also may just forget, and then all of a sudden, they're just gone forever. <laughs> Man, that is terrifying and do wonderful. You, do you ever hear voices? Do you ever wonder if you just heard somebody talking in the other room and nobody's in your house? And now you're going to wonder if I put a Scaratron in your house. So you're looking at me kind of blankly. This doesn't happen to you? Not, not very. I guess I could think of a, a few times if you made me, but it doesn't happen often enough that it's uh, you know, something that I consider part of my life. Is this something that ever happens to you? And I say this maybe on a frequency of a few times a year, five, six. I'm not being... No, tell me, tell me all about it. I want to know about. No, the I'm voices. curious. I don't think so. Man, I don't get it. I'm, I'm the, zero joke, not kidding, not fucking around. I regularly hear somebody say something that it's 
never quite distinguishable, but I hear somebody talking in the other room. Is this hear, like as you're falling asleep? Is no, Otto Walker, you guys will leave today. You guys will be the fuck out of here. It'll be four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to be doing dishes and somebody's talking to me from the office and I'll walk in here. Ain't nobody fucking here. Is it discernible words? Rarely ever. Dude, that cat is Rarely wow. ever. Is it your Is neighbor? it your cat? <laughs> so, no, this has happened to me a large portion of my life. Doesn't matter where I live. Doesn't matter where I go. Um, it's most noticeable when I'm alone. And I hear... Dude, it's, I've always always heard some never distinguish... I don't know if I can say never distinguishable, but I, not to my memory a distinguishable thing. But enough that I know somebody is saying something. And I'll tell about Did you hear that? And she looks at me she's like, no. I'm like, I got big ears. I don't know if it has anything to do with it. I, I'm, you're picking up, you're picking up radio frequencies. I just so I figure I hear some sound that like maybe the whir of a motor on a, on a pump or a fan or the dishwasher or something that just makes some noise that mimics a, a, an audio wave that makes me think I'm hearing a voice. Are you sure you're not a medium? <laughs> I'm a large. I would like to wear a medium, but I've been eating a lot of fucking carbs lately. That's the second witty comeback. We, we talked about this show, one. right? We did. What was the show called? Oh, man. Darren Brown is the name of the guy who put it on, but I cannot remember the name of the show. No, it was a a, a, a show that was not good, where they had the mediums on. This oh, was episode yeah. two. I know we talked about it. Something that's on Netflix. Was it called like, Medium? No, it's some paranormal thing, and like the first episode kind of had my interest of like so yes, search on that one. I, I might, I might be able to believe in some of this stuff. And then the second episode of the show, they got into mediums and people that meet in these groups to hear a medium, uh, con- connect with whatever they're connecting with on the other side. And it was there's like this forty year old woman who channels this spirit of a little boy and says all these crazy things and it's like man if you said this in any other context of like yeah sometimes i'm an eight-year-old boy and i'd talk to dead people when i'm an eight-year-old boy it's like yeah you're a crazy person <laughs> so they definitely lost me in that episode i didn't watch anything else the surviving death is what it's called surviving death yeah yeah the first like i think it was at least the first episode was pretty compelling because it was like all these people who had near-death experiences and it was like kind of profound and kind of compelling. And then they hit you with like two medium episodes that are just continuously getting kookier and kookier. And man, I fell off. I is it, is it like it. The, uh, the the old Ghost Hunter show that was on History Channel? It's like, why is this on History Channel? <laughs> they're they're running through fields with electromagnetic detection devices. Did you hear that? For plasma. Did you hear that? Oh, that's it's every like Bigfoot hunters too. Mm-hmm. Oh. It had a similar feel for sure. Have you guys seen? I want to watch Bigfoot hunters. Th- have you guys seen the the? On Hulu, it's called Sasquatch. It's a three-part miniseries. I, I, I've seen of it. I've Man, not seen it. It's really good. I don't want to uh, ruin the what I think is the conclusion of the show for anyone, but I would highly recommend watching it. I really liked it. Based somewhat around Sasquatch and uh, a lot around uh, illegal marijuana growing operations in uh, in the Northwest. Fiction, hmm. nonfiction. Uh, no, it's uh, so the the story is that this guy who's a documentarian. Um, he was is at that a word? I believe so. He does documentaries, whatever that makes you. But he <laughs> is doing uh, mushrooms, I think, with a friend of his at some house in uh, in the northwest. And someone comes barging in and says, "Hey, Bigfoot just killed these three guys over at this other place up on Spy Rock Road." 
And so a few years pass, and he decides now that he's uh, a documentary filmmaker, if documentarian is <laughs> not the proper word. Uh, it's, it is. It is. Sorry. Okay, great. Awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fuck you, Jesse. He decides to look into it and see if he can find record of murders happening at this, uh, you know, in this area at this at this time. And uh, so some of it is, is trying to answer the question whether or not Bigfoot exists, and some of it is uh, investigating... Uh, the crime world that's attached to these grow operations in the Northwest. But uh, I really enjoyed it. Super, super good. Bigfoot, real or not, what do you think? Do we would have had p- real pictures by now? I mean, it's... No, nah, I don't think so. Jesse Bigfoot? I don't know. Like, I mean, I saw this bitch barefoot on the drop zone the other day. It might make me change my mind. <laughs> me? Oh, not you. <laughs> saw, saw no, you were not that big. He didn't say a crock-footed bitch. He said a barefooted bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if I... I don't disbelieve. Fair. But I'm not, like, going to go down some X-Files, you know, road and, like, spend my whole life looking for I it. I mean, s- some of the aerial shots that they show in this uh, little docuseries, man, this those trees are thick. It is a heavily wooded area, so... There could definitely be some things sneaking yeah. up there, but I would uh, side with you, DJ. I think that we would have, uh, I think we would have better proof with, with how you know every you used to hear about Sasquatch sightings. You know, when we were younger, it's like man, everyone's got a camera in their pocket now. That's how so. I was disciplined as a child, and like grew up in the middle of the woods. And my if I was, you know, disobeying or something, my dad would hold me out <laughs> over the deck and yell into the woods, "Bigfoot, come eat Jesse." <laughs> Please tell me you're Nothing serious. Amazing. I'm serious. You want to know how I was potty trained? I was terrified of lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. Yeah, Great you know, show, everybody. I'm, I'm done. That's a wrap. <laughs> 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 yeah, so... Uh, I, I Wait, swear, hold on, stop. I swear to God stop. I wasn't... When was, hold on. No, we need to investigate this fear of lobsters. When was the first time you remember seeing a lobster? I think the better question is when was I potty, potty trained? It was like 15... that opens up a larger window i don't know you know uh i don't remember the first time seeing a lobster it very may well have been in you know the supermarket tank that they'll have you know where you can pick your own lobster coincidentally that was also the place where i was potty trained (laughs) so you shit on the floor in the supermarket no 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 my my, kind of similar to you know being held out over the over the porch you know like a simba offering for to bigfoot um (laughs) <laughs> my dad did the same thing to me with the lobsters and said lobsters like poopy diapers and i don't think i ever shit my pants again <laughs> well no i can't say that for sure but <laughs> that's a good good strategy dad way to go to and be I, 15 again right i swear to god i had an amazing childhood so i don't know uh it worked you know like i it, i was terrified of bigfoot where did you grow up the bigfoot may have been Ver, uh, I don't vermont know. vermont yeah okay yeah <laughs> I, there was a solid uh 10 10 years that i thought that bigfoot was real so I definitely listen to my dad. So it works. Where are you on Bigfoot, Alex? Man, I don't know. I mean, I hear he works at Scott at Midwest now. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking about Scott? We're Is talking that, about okay. Scott. Yeah, great. yeah. But no, man, I don't know. It's it's tough for me to to come up with a definitive answer on on either side. I haven't seen any compelling evidence, but I think there could be some out there. Well, I want you guys to uh, watch it, and then maybe we can talk about what the conclusion of the show is. Regardless if you watch that or not, you need to watch Bigfoot Hunters because it is the most absurd. I don't know why it's on 
Discovery or History Channel or like Nature Planet or whatever those TV channels are. It's like just terrible reality television. But it's terrible. No, no science history or education. It's like the way they edit it is like you know like super suspenseful. But then you just have these cracked out people running through the woods That's looking for Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yes, it's like why. like this guy. This person is. They're definitely the type that clings on to conspiracy theories or the t- type of person that could, but they are just so attached to Bigfoot that they, like, they're not out there spouting that, you know, the moon landings are, are fake. They're out there looking for Bigfoot, and that's their sole purpose in life. That's all they do. They, they call Bigfoot. They have conversations with him through the woods when it's probably just like an owl. It's the same voice as the DJ's hearing. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's like, Bigfoot the whole time. Bigfoot lives in your backyard. Yeah, and but Bigfoot is dead, and you're a Bigfoot medium. Plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> is anyone writing this down? So I'm taking notes. This is the summer's. Uh, if only it was thriller. recording. <laughs> if only I don't listen to these. <laughs> I'm really confused to who I am right now. I just I'm, I'm having a conflict. So I man, that yeah, Bigfoot. Now I'm back to stuck. To, I, I do hear voices, and I just don't understand this. Have you? Do you have like a attic? Yes. Have you checked for homeless people? Yes. There's this guy was noticing his food going missing like over and over and over. Like just he just thought he was like getting sleepwalking and you know eat getting the munchies or something. There was a homeless person living in his house for three years, like in his attic in a crawl space. I won't say I've checked for homeless people. I I inspect my (laughs) attic regularly. So we know these voices are real that he's hearing. Well, whether they're real or not, but we know he's actually hearing them. Man, no, I didn't check for that. Uh, I just expected right. Man, I, it's you don't hear voices ever, indistinguishable voices. I don't think like every now and then, um, like I'll be walking around the house or something, and I think like Katie says something to me, for example. But, Why I mean, would she? Yeah, and I ignore her anyway, so I just keep going about my business. But like, <laughs> I've never heard a voice that wouldn't have made sense in that context. Like we're sitting in a room together talking. Maybe I thought I heard you say something, but I've never heard something just out of the blue or like something that wouldn't make sense in that context. I will literally go into another room to make sure. I mean, this is, I've always just thought it was not abnormal that I heard things that I just mistake for voices. Like, I mean, I've definitely heard sounds in the house of like, Hey, and had that feeling of, man, there's a person in the house. And then gone to investigate, and there's no one. Yeah, that but I that can chalk up to stuff. But yeah, voices. Yeah, that can be. You got um, man. <laughs> but no, not, not again. I'm, I'm not saying this has happened zero times, yeah. but this definitely doesn't happen a, a trackable number of times. I'm this gonna go back to have big ears and hear weird shit. <laughs> I'm not hearing ghosts. I'm not you, crazy. You should write it down. I'm I'm more concerned Ru- that I'm crazy, so I don't care. You're gonna the start ghost. running around like with a recorder. You know, voice recorder like one of those. Dude, hold on. The, the yeah, how, how good is the uh, can, can I do that? The sound quality from any uh, like you have a Nest doorbell, right? Don't you have one of those? Yeah, some brand. Just, just put those all around the house. No, see no what cameras in my house. There, there are four cameras in here right now, and most of them get put away. When and you know. none of them are working. Hey, <laughs> you're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We're good. <laughs> I'm now I'm looking at them all. Are they working? What's going on? I'm confused. So uh, would you feel paranoid if you had uh, like a security system with cameras in your house? Yeah, no, I'm not a big fan of having cameras in my house for security. How much money would you want if I said, hey, I want to put cameras all over your house and broadcast it live on the internet 24 hours a day? No, thank you. No, no but what's the, no, what's the amount of money? $100,000? No. 
Uh, you could offer me a million a year, and I don't think I'm going to take it. I feel you know very what I strongly would do? about not being under that microscope. I would say like probably like you know a good two million a year because then I could hire doppelgangers to live in my house and pretend to be me, and then I can just go buy another house. Dude, I would do this for like fifty dollars a month. Fifty dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, what do I care? What goes on in my house that I can't have anyone else see? That's crazy. Know, you, maybe you have a really normal life. You don't You're look not like hearing it. voices and searching under mm. couches for Smurfs. <laughs> Did I? I mean, I don't know. On. Sam is pretty <laughs> short. She could fit under the couch. She'd be more like a gremlin, though. <laughs> don't tell her. Like the that. movie Gremlins. Yeah. Did they hide in the toilet in one of those movies? One popped out of the toilet, if I remember okay, right. Okay, was that maybe on the, the cover of one yeah. of the VHS tapes? I think so. Okay, that yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah. Childhood Fear, Gremlin coming at me from the toilet. No, Childhood, childhood Fear, uh, one of the first movies I remember watching was Poltergeist. And Ooh. Is that the one where the girl's head turns all the way around? No, I don't remember. It's the one where the TV talks to you and the wall swallows the people, and it, it's, it's a... Poltergeist was a great way to get your kids to be afraid of TVs. Like if you parents out Same there, like lobster tanks. <laughs> lobster tanks. Man, Poltergeist was. Whew, I forget. I was really young when I watched that movie, and it fucked my head up. It was not a cool movie. So, fortunately, I didn't like TVs for about a year. So we've got Poltergeist, fear of the TV, lobster tank, fear of lobsters. Alex, earliest childhood fear. What do you remember? Bees. 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 Did you see the, mo- the movie no, My Girl? I'm just kidding. I like the, I just like the word bees. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really think of any like immediate childhood fear that I had. I don't know. Failure. <laughs> That's an adult, f- that fear. an adult fear. That's not a childhood fear. Yeah, no. I just, nothing kept you nothing, up at night? You didn't have nightmares? I mean, I guess I was kind of afraid of the dark as a kid, but there was no specific thing inside of the dark that I was afraid of. It nothing was like, like someone's going to pop out of your closet, someone's going to grab your feet from underneath the bed. You get those? You're afraid of I mean, nothing like that. I did have bunk, like a bunk bed growing up. My sister slept on the top bunk, and I was on the bottom bunk. Uh-huh. And um, the bottom of the bunk, so like what I was looking at when I was laying on my back, it was just like this black fabric that was up there. And I remember that would give me nightmares all the time for whatever reason. I was just like staring into the void when I was going to sleep, and it would give terrible nightmares. So that probably counts. I had a pretty huge fear of my mother growing up. That's for dad. That, that's sure. how you know you had a good mom. Oh, dude. Um, sure. <laughs> I was terrified <laughs> terrified of my mom. No, uh, I, maybe I mean, not I a good mom, but a mom that that uh, at least taught you things. Yeah, I, and that sure was super sarcastic. Uh, you know, I'm a mama's boy. I love my mom, and absolutely uh, today appreciate all the discipline that she raised me with. Why are you laughing? That's how my mom said it. I just think it's cute. That's how okay. much of a mama's boy you are. Yeah, dude. Oh, she's she's wonderful. So my little niece is confused by the word mama because I said, it's your mama. No, it's my mommy. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess mommy is the real word you people use. My mother has, I don't know what it is. I call her mama. She will always be my mama. So um, so like if you're hanging out with her, you're going to say, hey, mama? Nah, Kimmy. Okay. I call her by her first name a lot. Okay. I do call her mom, but um, I call her by her first name probably more than anything else. Um, and it's affectionately. See, I will refer to my mom in the third person of her first name. Sometimes I'll call her her first and last name. Mm-hmm. Like when she answers the phone, hey, Connie Lott, what are you doing? But uh, has a nice ring to it. It yeah, does have a nice ring to it. She's a nice lady. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really call her her first name like I would call one of you guys your first names. I call her mom, mom, all of the above. But as a kid, I would call her, hey, mom. 
she wouldn't answer. Mom, she wouldn't answer. Kimmy, why are you calling me by my name? Because you didn't answer to mom. Okay, what do you want? And over time in life, it became a joke, and then it became kind of, she, uh, I think at some point didn't like it, but very quickly took it in a place of endearment. So now I call her Kimmy, and it's just a joke for us. So my mom is also, I'm going to say a bigger ham than me, um, and if she isn't, it's damn competitive. A bigger what? Ham, like a cheese ball. What does that mean? Yeah, clarification, please. Cheese ball, goofy. Thing? No, man, it's it's an I'm old thing, dude. Remember, I. She's silly. Yeah, she is silly. She's goofy. She's silly. Um, do you mean it in the same way? Like, if you call an actor a ham, like someone who's overacting and being a little yes, bit dramatic? Okay. yes, I know yes, what you're yes, talking about. Yes, we call Reba a ham all the time too because she's super, super dramatic about everything. Is she overweight? No, to me, she's ham. thick though. <laughs> she does have some thick hams. Like, when I'm on a FaceTime call with my mom, she will push her face up against the glass and have my... Sister. That's a <laughs> wonderful photo. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't look at all Asian, does she? Uh, no, not even a <laughs> tiny bit. I don't know where you got it from. I mean, <laughs> the glass isn't helping the case. Nice. Just going to say Wait, that. Wait, so Jesse, do you, what do you think about lobsters now? Like, I got to ask. I'm like, so happy that we're going back to lobsters. Here we like go. When you see a lobster now, do you immediately think, like, I got to find a bathroom somewhere? Or, like, what's... what's no. the <laughs> yeah. Is it that wired in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like this Pelovian. Like yeah. It's, it's more like it's delicious. Lobster <laughs> is your brown note. <laughs> my, my God, word. how great would that be? Did you ever see South Park with the, the brown note episode? No. Never mind. Uh, but how great would that be if, like, that was the prank that the world could pull you know, on you is show you a lobster and just watch you <laughs> shit in your pants. You know, <laughs> just falls out. I, I, I can't say that it, that doesn't happen, but <laughs> maybe I'm going to have to think about it every t- the next God, time I'm walking through and please, see lobsters. Let's go to seafood right now. Yeah, we're taking let's the show it. on the road. They have to be I'm live lobsters, down. though. Okay. Okay. So we got a live one. If it crawls out onto the table, like let's say we're at dinner and a live lobster comes walking out, what happens? Like, do you still have fear? It probably continues walking. Yeah, I get that. But (laughs) for you internally, do you have feelings related to that lobster? I don't know. Maybe maybe I buried some stuff. You know, it's a pretty traumatic incident. It feels like you're over it. It feels like uh, if I knew, like, if an alien walked into this room right now, I would lose my mind. I used to be terrified of aliens. Same, dude. Yeah. That was a huge fear of mine as a kid. Where are aliens now? Like, in your mind. They exist. They don't exist. They're here. They're not here. Here being Earth, I I don't know, man. Like it, it same thing you said. Like we we probably have some proof by now, but the chance that uh, see I don't how bl- big the, the universe is. Like how there's I I don't see it being really possible that there isn't any other life out there. Yeah, the that proof took me thing way longer to get those three words out than it should have. <laughs> the proof thing doesn't scale. Like as you said, yeah. it's bigger, so it, it's. It's a much bigger spectrum, not just uh, of infinite vast space, but also of, of who says they're carbon life forms. Who says they're anything that we even understand or detect? Where book, big bookfoot, bookfoot, I'm going to book. Talking about your mom too much. <laughs> Bigfoot is uh, um, on land, and yeah, they're densely populated forests that we may not have explored, but with the amount of time and exposure to land we have, that one I could believe we've seen. We've not been exposed to... What if they're invisible? Bigfoots? Or like invisibility cloaks or something like that. Cloak of what the if when kind? they shave, 
then they're invisible. Underneath it's just invisibility. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they grow hair to be seen. Yeah. Somebody pay attention to me, please. God, this is a new theory that I hope erupts on the internet. Does that mean my cheeks are invisible and I just grow the beard so you can see my face? Is this, is this where we're going now? Yeah, let's just forget that I said that. <laughs> yeah. No, before we get off the lo- too far from the lobster thing, I'm just saying, <laughs> if we like, if we recreate it and do like the Simba thing, it might take a couple of people now. I don't know, Nick Strong. He can probably hold you over a lobster <laughs> tank. Like, it might not be just seeing a lobster. You might have to be like full on Simba <laughs> over a lobster tank. But I feel like we can get a reaction. I think anybody <laughs> would kind of be freaked out by that. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah let's you know? get it. Well, it depends. Are they rubber banded or are they not? I don't know, man. I, Cause let's the thing start. Tell me because I don't we'll know that much We'll start with rubber lobsters. bands. Okay. Yeah, and we'll, we'll start take with the rubber off. bands. Pop yeah. them off when we need to. I feel like after this podcast, the, I may need to see a psychiatrist. <laughs> I don't do know. Do the rubber bands have to be double stowed? <laughs> Always double stow. <laughs> okay. Always <laughs> double stow. You don't have the proper tension on the lines. Or uh, on the claws. Yeah. Those are great questions. So many great they, plugs. I'm really happy right now. Performance <laughs> designs, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> your wit and the, uh, the jokes are just uh, Double still your lines and your claws. And your claws. Brought to you by Performance Designs. And pee in a toilet. What? If you're going to look at a lobster. Training, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it started. That I, I did get that right, right? That, that's how you were potty trained? It's gonna, we're going to start teaching packing classes with lobsters. That's a great <laughs> analogy. Like, do you want that lobster to like take <laughs> off your fingers? No, you want to you wanna double stow it. You got to double stow it. I don't <laughs> think they'll approve this. I don't know. Moving on. Hey, no, John, I, I got that. a new packing tip. Tip Tuesday coming soon. I just lobster can't, claws. Yeah, I can't wait until that's the tip Tuesday where when the shot where you're double stowing a a is claw. a lobster claw <laughs> and no explanation. <laughs> that's just in the video. No, you don't even address it. I think we can make that one work. Great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally... I don't even know what conversation we're having anymore. Yeah, me neither. How the hell did we get to... I was potty trained with lobsters. Yeah. I'm not 100... So there was the Simba. We're talking about Bigfoot. eat me. We're talking about Bigfoot. Hold on. What if we find a Bigfoot... And that's who we have hold you <laughs> over a giant lobster tank. I will definitely need a diaper then. This is science. We're going to do uh, that. We can do this without day drinking. <laughs> and the, there are actually aliens in the tank as well as lobsters. Oh, yeah. Aliens and lobster costumes. That makes sense. There's the cat again. Sorry, if anyone's anxious. <laughs> uh, is it hot in here? Is anyone else sweating or is it just the anxiety? It's just the anxiety, man. Um, so you're doing the demo tour. We're, we're going to make a full circle. circle, man. We're good at this. Um, somebody comes up to you. What, what's some of the most common questions you get asked? <laughs> I know that's a super loaded. Uh, what's the smallest Valkyrie you have? <laughs> yeah, I, I bet you get that one. What is the smallest Valkyrie you have? 67. 67. But I really, you know, those minis, like we make the minis we yeah. had at PIA. I really want to, I was talking with Greg Rao, UPT and really wanted to make a, like a little D bag. And, and risers and then a really small carry bag and then just you know hand it to these people as a joke you know and see if like yeah I got a, I got a 20 man yeah VK20 oh, it's man. Luigio no what's his name Luigi Canny Connie yeah Luigi yeah. Okay. beat him you beat him yeah it's and half the size of a beer can 21 is the smallest flown um, killed a guy in Arizona Jesus. spun up and gone I and know. I'm pretty sure it was a 21 yeah um, Luigi's landed. I think thirty-four is. I think was where he just landed. That's a new one. Yeah. Um, that's terrifying. Before that was oh, what's his nuts? 
bad. Ernesto uh, was 36. And neither dude is very big. Neither dude is huge at all, but still it takes nothing away because wing loading is one thing. Line length and size and responsiveness because of that is a major animal. It was crazy watching that thing land. Like he's flaring normally. You know, he's he's not doing this, but the wing's going Mm -hmm. just fluttering. You see every little movement in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's flipping bananas, man. Um, What's the smallest campy you've landed? 79 or 75. I think. Yeah. What do you normally jump size? Um, 84. Um, I have a 90 in my rig now. Working, getting more current on, on Valkyries. Yeah. Um, so people come up, uh, one of the most common questions they ask you is smallest Valkyrie. Yeah. Uh, no, but, go uh, ahead. No, go ahead. The one, uh, I, I watched it this weekend, and I've, I've hung out with you guys a bit on demo tours. It, people come up and say, hey, I'm jumping a... a I'm actually just going to use an example of somebody who asked a question this week. Super nice guy. Forget his name off the top of my head. Um, I jump a Sabre to 190. I'm interested in jumping the Spectre 170 because I'm getting into wingsuiting and I want a Spectre. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, That was was the actual real one that I was going to say. The the smallest Valkyrie one was just kind of the... Yeah. uh, But people ask me all the time, like they want to... they're, They're getting ready to downsize and they want to fly... They want to try out the Spectre in that case. Um, that was Hugh, right? Yeah, Hugh there. Wynn. Yeah, yeah. Hugh Wynn, that was it. Um, they want to try out the Spectre 170 because that's what they're thinking about buying. And my answer always is, is well, I'd like you to, I really want you to jump a 190 Spectre so you can have that side-by-side comparison. Um and without like an increase of wing loading, a decrease or decrease in line length and parachute size, all these factors that contribute to that may contribute to a parachute being faster than what you're used to. Like you could, somebody could maybe go from that Saber two one ninety down to a Spectre one seventy, and all of a sudden the Spectre feels faster and more uh, responsive and everything than that Saber two one ninety does. When in reality, like a Saber two is still has is more responsive and you know more of a the canopy that has more performance in it overall um so to really understand what you're flying you know fly what fly an equivalent size to uh what you usually jump so you can get the best idea of what you like about it what you don't like about it and same thing with uh with people who have like a standard valkyrie and want to they're, they're thinking about getting a there was Carlos. He has a, a 75. He has like 3,000 jumps on it. And he wants he wants to demo the 71. And uh, I was like, well, why don't you... Or 71 hybrid, rather. Um, I'm like, well, I want you to do some some jumps on the 75 first, you know? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Like, I want to I want to get the 71. I was going to try and imitate him, but... It's, brother. I don't, I don't brother. have that one. No, yeah, brother. Yeah. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're doing great. I love you. <laughs> But uh, I had him. I had him jump the seventy-five. You know, he has so many jumps on on a st- seventy-five standard. I had him jump the seventy-five, and he didn't say "I love you." He said "I hate you" when he landed because he's going to buy one now. Yeah, uh, but it, to see really the difference, like seventy-five to seventy-one, it's you're going to be going faster. You know, it's going to feel in- different, no matter if it's the same canopy or if it's you know standard or hybrid. And uh, it's really cool, especially with with uh, with the Valkyries to see. People have a lot of experience on a, on a standard Valkyrie going to a hybrid and 
they're just blown away. Um, I think you said you never really you went straight to hybrid. Uh, no, I had a standard uh, seventy one. Okay, and uh, you know when I first heard about the hybrid. I was like, oh yeah, they just put some different fabric on the inside. Yeah, that's that's yeah. gonna that's gonna change some stuff. Great marketing ploy. <laughs> and then I, you know, it had come to the point of ordering a new wing, and uh, you know, I don't splurge on many things. Like, uh, like I don't, I don't drive a fancy car. I don't like I don't li- live a very lavish lifestyle. But when it comes to gear, like. I, I always feel like when I, uh, whether it's camera equipment or skydiving equipment, it's like whatever the best thing is, man, it's usually worth the investment than to try and save money, like buying an inferior For helmet sure. because it's $100 less or whatever it is. It's like, man, I've always regretted when I've made those decisions. So it's like, whatever, I'd rather spend the extra money and uh, and be wrong than to get another standard Valkyrie and then learn that the hype was real and so i just bought uh, uh, a hybrid without demoing one and uh, oh boy was the hype real man it was it was super real yeah the, uh, the hype in, brought we, to you by performance we, we already talked about my love for the for the rear risers and that's where most of my freestyle stuff lives so yeah having that extra gear in there man it made, made a big difference <clears throat> the extra for, gear i mean just the extra hang time on my rears just feels like uh, that like a car analogy though I mean, gear. I guess it's I, dude, I picked up. I, I was in. You know, he's, I liked he's, it. He's just being rude. Yeah, yeah he's just him. being dumb. <laughs> look at that smirk. He, he's not acting dumb. He's just being dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're just uh, encouraging. I think I'd rather act dumb. Isn't acting dumb better? Better than being dumb. You're yeah, yeah. catching up. You're being dumb. So you like that extra gear? Yeah, just like that. Uh, feeling feeling like there's more life in those rears. Yeah. So Carlos jumps the night. I was there when he was. Proposed to jump the seventy five. Did he ever jump the seventy one? Mm-hmm. Um, what he was also landed and said, "I hate you." From the seventy one, yeah. but seventy five standard to hybrid. What was his response to have changed to that change? Oh, dude, the rears. Oh, <laughs> they just go and go. Was that was that decent? <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it's it. Latin for sure. You're, you're <clears throat> doing it. Yeah, uh, he was. He, he was amazed. Like he said, there it felt more responsive. Uh, and he was just going on and on about the bottom end, uh, how much further it went, how much more shutdown he had, and and range up uh, as well. And then Daniel, I'm forgetting his last Angulo. name. What? Angulo. What? Angulo. Angulo. He was shooting video for the yeah. LSE camp. Yeah. So yeah. he uh, he usually flies the 71, and uh, he demoed the 75 first, and also the, the 71 hybrid. Um, and his first de- jump on it was. They got, I don't know if they got off the wind line or they just had a really long spot. And he's like, thank God for those rears. Because <laughs> I think a handful of people landed off and he definitely wasn't one of them. So, well, I, what I, first of all, he sounded more like Morgan when he did that than the Carlos. So it sounded more yeah, French. Dude, I have a really hard time with that Venezuelan accent. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough sometimes. It's a hard one to, to get. Like, mm-hmm. I can do a strip, like, like more Vato type of uh, type of <laughs> Latin accent, but Venezuelans, I just can't do it. Pedro, not Pedro, uh, Raul likes to make fun of me because he says my accent is a Mexican accent. He goes, you don't have a Spanish accent or anything. You have a Mexican accent. Grew up in San Diego, so it, it makes sense. I grew up around a lot of Mexicans. Mm-hmm. But interesting for me is Carlos comes to the table with this understood notion in his mind that I'm going to go from the 75 to a 71 hybrid and I'm not going to make that move. You make the recommendation. Carlos is super open, super receptive. Anytime I've ever had to speak to Carlos, he's he's eager to learn. Um, 
But he, what's that? I just checked my teams. Apparently, they're watching it at work, and I get a Sam's tip was. Oh wait, went away. Sam's tip was crab fingers for stowing when she caught when she taught me how to pack. So apparently, people <laughs> use that. Oh Great. yeah, I crab crab claws. I've definitely <laughs> heard you describe the, the crab claw. I've yeah, lobster front riser. Yeah, lobster claws. Sorry. Yeah. And she said, "How did you get pulled into this podcast? I never watched this." Uh, I'm just kidding. She didn't say the last we part. We drugged him. <laughs> Sorry. And Go back to the Valkyries, Carlos. Who are you talking? I'm not sure. Um, the uh, but he has this this preconceived notion that he doesn't even need to explore or check it, and how much it changes his mind. And I love how Carlos is open to ideas, is open to information. And here's this guy with thousands of jumps on a canopy, let alone beyond thousands of jumps. And he still was mind blown to what he got versus what he expected. Mm -hmm. Like, get out and demo these canopies. They are not what you expect. They are not what you think, for good or bad in some cases. You might go like, oh, I really like this canopy and jump in and go, this ain't for me. This ain't. This yeah, isn't what I want. For sure. And there's also, <sighs> it's it's happened a, quite a bit. Like, I'd say a, a majority of my, my smaller Saber, uh, Saber 3 demos have always been, am I too far from the mic? Yes, I You're was. You're good. We're working. Uh, the have been instructors you know um and mainly they'll 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 try if they can fit a 120 or something in the rig they do so that you know they can really kind of get a feel for how it even if they're on a valkyrie or whatever get a feel for how it is because it's going to be a wing that many of their students may end up going towards or if they're if they're coaches that may end up flying and they may end up like you said coaching people on it um and i just completely where was it going? About more, mostly instructors. That oh are yeah, so I, I've really loved that the past two weeks. The amount of instructors who have come and demoed uh, different different parachutes than they may normally, or that they may not jump. You know, um, people who are like Morgan. You know, he, he came out. He's like, "Do you have uh, you know the Saber three? Uh, you know, I want to uh, how do you say." Uh, have idea for when I'm coaching my students. Uh, he does Morgan so well. Yeah, it's good. It's good for uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want snails now. Uh, you what? I want snails. S cargo. Oh, S cargo. Yeah. Okay. That makes a little more sense. Um, but they're, they're coming out to just see how things fly. And, you know, they may have already chosen a Valkyrie or they love their Leia or whatever they may be flying, but they they have the opportunity to come out and learn more about the canopies. Um, things that they may not have flown, things that they may not have flown since they were a student or a very new jumper. Um, and then kind of like along with that, for people that aren't instructors uh, or coaches or anything like that, demo everything. Like if I'm there, demo every, like I, I love to give out parachutes. I love to talk about parachutes. It's great, especially after being in Delanda last year. All I want to do is talk to people about parachutes. <laughs> I haven't got to do my job for a year. I mean, I have to, I have to pack them, you know, at the end. So it's like, it's, a, you know, kind of a little ways. It's, a, it's worth it, though. But <laughs> the, the, I think that the best thing for my progression is that once I got to a point where I was comfortable, uh, I was able to, you know, land my canopy, land it accurately. Um, I started jumping a lot of things. Part of that was because I didn't have my own rig until I had 300 skydives. And so I would barter pack jobs for jumps on people's rigs. So I got to try pilots. I got to try storm, sabers, specters, everything that I could get my hands on. And looking back, that helped my skill, or lack thereof, under canopy. Um, 
my help me progress and help me just understand parachute flight better than I think I would have if I just stayed on the single thing that I had the first thing that I ever bought and went all the way down with it you know it's all parachutes fly slightly differently but in my opinion at the end of the day they're parachutes you know yeah. like it's it's you ha- you take the same foundations the same fundamental skills and you can apply it you have to learn the differences and the different techniques in between each canopy but everything you learn on each individual parachute even if it's one jump or 10 jumps or a thousand jumps all builds into your cumulative experience and you can apply it from there you know you're building your own mm-hmm. toolbox and why not you know even if you don't like the way a, a tool works you know you can still keep it in there still still, still works nice it's still have. a tool yeah it is i um the thing that i don't think people take advantage of enough through the the demo not the demo tour but the demo program um and i hope they take more advantage of it in the demo tour is reserves you guys have in the demo program and, and correct me if i'm wrong optimums and pdrs available just mm-hmm. through the normal demo program yep. you carry uh, optimums with yeah you. um how, do you see a lot of reserve demos when you're out on tour um it depends. Like uh, some people don't know that we have them, and it's generally the first thing that I try and tell people. Um, and they're like, "You can do that? Is it different?" I didn't know it. you can demo a reserve. That's amazing. Or some people are really intimidated by it. Um, so I think it's more like people may not necessarily know right off the bat. Um, sometimes people don't even know that what the tent is there for. Um, but. Yeah, people, once if they know that I have reserve demos, they definitely go and people are excited. They want to do at least one jump on it. I've had people spend a day like doing five or six fun jumps on their optimum, um, you know, going on free flying with their friends and uh, learning how their reserve flies so that they can safely, accurately put it to where they want to or land it where they want to when they when they need to. I would, su- I would add comfortably to it. You heard me talk to a dude yeah. this weekend. It's... I bet money the vast majority of skydivers out there are going to cut away, pull their reserve, and land their reserve absolutely effectively the first time, which means safely. And most of them will land them stand up soft. Most of you, it, flying a fucking parachute it's flying a parachute. It yeah. really is simple. And also um, when you have that pressure to really... Yeah. Suddenly you're there. You're in that pressure zone. Suddenly you're doubting yourself. Suddenly you had a malfunction. Your energy's up high. You're landing in a shitty area because you're not landing back on the DZ. And you're uncomfortable because you never landed this parachute. Mm-hmm. Go land the parachute once in a controlled environment. So when you get in an uncontrolled environment, you have control of at least one of those uh, um, parameters. The, the more you know, the more comfortable you are. It's we almost always make mistakes when we feel uncomfortable. Yep. Most fatalities have something happen where somebody was uncomfortable and made a bad decision. Feel comfortable and you'll make better decisions. Yeah, for sure. Most of the time, don't get comfortable with that cocaine habit though. <laughs> whoever you are who needed to hear that you're welcome <laughs> that was brought to you by dj narcotics uh, anonymous thank yeah. you very much but we're not anonymous anymore um so like one thing that i i've been getting a lot is if i if i say like man you know it's it sucks that there aren't any other uh parachute vendors or demos demo reps out here um and they're like why, why do you want the competition i'm like well from an overall view, like if there wasn't competition in the sport where, and not just like in parachutes or rigs, but also within skydiving itself, like we'd still be jumping rounds and doing static lines, you know, like we were 50 years ago. Um, so it's, obviously there's 
always going to be advancement. But if, you know, I think each one of the companies are kind of pushing each other. Feed off know? of each other. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And not, not like, a, like, oh, I'm going to steal that, I'm going to steal that. But it's, you know, like everyone's continuing to try and make the best thing that they can. Um, and so I don't, I, don't, I don't see anything like other reps or people getting demos or people pushing other parachutes. I don't see that as like threat or competition at all. I think it's the best thing for all of us. You know, like I would, I would love it if, you know, most of the time people don't have or don't want to put the time aside to go and spend a weekend or demoing a bunch of different parachutes if they're comfortable in their own skills to do that. But like it would be awesome if someone came over and jumped everything at the PD tent that was in their skill and size range, not necessarily size, but skill range. And then they went over to the Icarus tent or they went over to the Aerodyne tent because only from that are, they're just going to build their own skills, their own, their own knowledge. And maybe the parachute that we make isn't the best parachute for them. And at the end of the day, I'd much rather somebody be happy and enjoy flying what they are flying than be stuck on something because they haven't demoed anything else. And I don't know. I think it's competition is great. It's healthy. It promotes as, as long as people are doing it in a healthy way. And the majority of our industry, uh, container manufacturers, altimeters, helmets, everything, the majority of the industry, competition is all reasonably healthy. There's the occasional manufacturer that's snarky or disrespectful. And you know what? That's their issue. But in the aerosports and PD, it's it's fun being at PIA together with those companies because you see the camaraderie, you see the jokes, you see the button pushing for fun. Uh, Sunpath and Velocity Sports Equipment, Javelin Infinity uh, reps were both here for an event. This is 06, 07. And the Infinity guy gets to his car and there's Sunpath stickers on his mirror. The Sunpath guy opens a flap to show a reserve packing card and there's an Infinity sticker on the... They, they're having fun. Everybody's laughing. Yep. And God damn, we've won as jumpers. Uh, it, the innovations that have come out, the, the future that's been pushed and... and I don't think it's out of anything but inspiration from others. You know, there's some people who are nefarious, but I think all these designers are inspired by each other. And and I know several of them actually exchange ideas. I've listened to some of them at PIA. You oh, have you been to P no? You haven't been to PIA mm -hmm. yet. You'll you'll sit there and see people who in in a skydiver's mind these manufacturers are moral enemies, and then you go to PIA symposium, you watch them have a beer and compare notes, and it's like fuck yeah, yes. yeah for sure. It's so health it's so healthy, man. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen like we have a. You may have seen the hashtag around or in certain ads, but it's uh, what we love. And uh, it's, I'm forgetting the, the word for it, but it's it's a kind of like our, our motto for, <laughs> for our marketing department, for our company of, you know, what we love. Like, we're all sitting down and what, why, why are we all here? Like, what, oh, we're, we're all skydivers. What, what do we love? Oh, we're all here because we love skydiving. And, and we kind of broke that down throughout our, our various departments. And for me, I, I love teaching. It's, it's a huge passion of mine, whether it be uh, rigging, packing, um, anything about containers, parachutes, whatever it may be, I love doing that. And so oftentimes people see me doing a packing class or helping somebody out with, uh, with closing their container well past sunset, well past jumping's done, uh, or talking about, uh, other, like, talking about parachutes with people under the tent or outside of it, whether it be a PD parachute or not. Like I... I love it. I love gear. I love skydiving and I love teaching. And it's, uh, I think overall we're as a department, we're really embracing that. 
um, and I hope people can see it. That's the other reason I want people to take advantage of the demo tour is what you love. Um, I'm glad you kind of brought this up now because you were supposed to be here on a bad weather weekend. And even this weekend, we thought it was going to be bad weather, but I was still pushing and promoting to my friends. You need to be here no matter what because some of the best things that can happen with a tour being here, and it doesn't matter if it's a performance designs tour or if any other manufacturers at your drop zone, you have the manufacturer's representatives sitting right in front of you. Number one, it's going to be a lot less hearsay. What we repeat is what we've been told by people like you, by people in your, in your company, your brand. You've been trained to understand these things and trained to, to have the knowledge that you have. You've gone through a lot of stuff with performance designs. Why wouldn't you want to hear from the horse's mouth? And back to it, you love teaching. Mm-hmm. If you guys see Jesse come through town or you see any of the tour reps, Greg Rao does this for UPT. Yeah. And Greg will share everything with you so good weather or bad weather go sit with the tour reps and have a good time get free stickers you never know what you walk home with um you guys don't have them anymore but you sat in a free orange chair i picked up one day so um just hang out with these guys they're a lot of fun and and, and glean knowledge off of them it's super uh resourceful place to be for sure and are we, are, yeah, so you're checking your watch. Are we in a time frame? No, no, no. We're totally fine. I My watch was something notifying me about my alarm system, and I just muted it all because we get alerts for... It was the voices. It was the voices. Oh, oh man. They're back already. <laughs> They're back. They <laughs> and then the I podcast. brought this podcast back up because I tried to just keep an idea oh, where the stream is. So no. you, you have a viewer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, there's like two. There's two. Uh, no, yeah. sorry. Ignore me with um, my watch. And so, uh, like as skydivers, we always hate weather days. Did you, you know? hear that? <laughs> Generally, we all, all hate weather days, and uh, I actually kind of like them. Um, obviously, I prefer to be jumping. I prefer to get people to demo, you know, and that's, that's what I'm here for. But I get to spend more time being able to interact with people, being able to help people with packing or whatever it may be. It's when I'm busy, you know, sending out demos like I was all day. Sunday um, I didn't have as much time to sit down and like obviously answer the questions that that people ask but oftentimes there's so much more like a like that whole trail that we just went around about Bigfoot and lobsters like it, it these conversations like from a single question can lead to so many things that people don't know or never would have thought to ask and so often I learn from from other people or I'll get a question where I'm like oh, I actually don't I have no idea how to answer that. That was my favorite thing of being an AFF instructor is when I was I didn't know or when I was wrong because then I had a I had to go look it up or go learn something. Um, so I think like either way the for for any kind of tour rep the the benefits are there both when it's when you're jumping and and when you're not and uh, hopefully more people take advantage of it. I guess right. We're gonna sense? start wandering away from the tour here in a second. Before we do, is there anything tour? Demo related, you guys want to kind of dive into? Take a dive, Alex. What do you got? Who was your favorite person to give a canopy to? Ah, that's a great question. Ooh. Ever? Drop a name. No, in Houston. I want to know. <laughs> I'm kidding. You don't have to ask. Dude. No, I'm trying to think. There's. I think Carlos. Honestly, that's kind of what I was thinking. He's a special person. I love Carlos. Like, he landed from a Tana video and he just screams, I fucking hate you across the <laughs> field. And I'm, I'm like, you if he, a bad opening, he's like, no, I have to buy one now. <laughs> if you want him to love you, dress up as Ronald McDonald and you will be fine. He'll cry. He will. Probably. 
<laughs> you think he's joking, but no, like happy tears. Oh yeah, yeah he loves yeah. them. Yeah, he will probably love you. Do he we will have comment. an outfit? <laughs> I'm going back to the drop zone. I, I'm pretty sure we can get one somewhere. Yeah. So Nick had a whose birthday was that? It was my birthday and Adam Chamberlain's birthday. Double birthday at McDonald's. Happen to have a jumper who jumps here who owns a few franchises, a few McDonald's, and he threw. I guess I. I, uh, I I was invited to it, never made it, but it was uh, looked like it's cool that you didn't want to come to the epic. coolest birthday party ever. It's fine. <laughs> uh, Billy Whitaker, uh, awesome, awesome guy, good friend, uh, owns a few McDonald's, and uh, I asked him if he'd ever had a birthday party at his McDonald's, and he said, "No, we've never had a birthday party." And I was like, "Yo, we're going!" Like uh, this was fully inspired by Carlos's love of McDonald's. That's how much he enjoys it, and uh, so there were we got there. I know we've told this story on the podcast before, but I don't give a shit because it's super awesome. <laughs> uh, we got there, and uh, imagine uh, like a Big Mac box that's unfolded. They had built uh, like that's the, the like the, the the cell of a parachute. They had built parachutes out of Big Mac boxes and hung these from the ceiling. And there were cakes with our names on them. And there was they they had gone all out for for our. Uh, uh, for our double birthday <laughs> and every time anyone from our group would walk into the restaurant everyone would stop what they were doing all the employees would stop what they were doing and would would what, like cheer and clap and welcome whoever had just come in <laughs> and uh man we ate and was this still open to the public at this point oh yeah <laughs> and i don't know how like it, they must have just been watching for the people's connection to our group because other people random strangers were not getting cheered for and then someone from our group would come in and obviously everyone from our group now had joined in the the applause but uh when you own a mcdonald's franchise you must be able to request ronald mcdonald's presence because ronald mcdonald was there like full costume the whole getup and uh right next to the broken ice uh, the broken ice cream machines they have a ronald mcdonald costume in a, in a box <laughs> i mean no it's the ronald mcdonald must they must have a regional ronald mcdonald and every you know you get that job. I'd, like, I'd like to think of it as a guy who's like always on call and he's, he's the just, mcdonald's he's standing by for the call i mean like he has the suit a suit is within do, arm's reach they had a like a big bus and everything that <laughs> ronald must travel in yeah but the, the dude uh he literally is mcdonald's tour rep <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess I guess you could call him that. But I don't remember. I mean, you who, got the clown shoes already. <laughs> I, I, it must have been Billy who had the conversation with him. The guy was saying, like, man, being around the guy was in the circus, like legitimate clown in the in the circus. And he said, man, being around this group of skydivers, this crazy people with this crazy connection with each other, was the, the closest he had felt to what it was like to to, to be in the circus. But uh, yeah, I got a picture with Carlos and Ronald McDonald where he is, he is nearly in tears because he's so happy to see Ronald McDonald. Which uh, what's his favorite McDonald's food? I asked him this just the other day because he says that he goes and spends twenty dollars on a meal at McDonald's just by himself. And I said, "How is that How's possible?" He not fat? Yeah, he's so skinny, right? Yeah, he's like one hundred and forty pounds. He, maybe. he gets yeah. either a Big Mac or a quarter pounder, a ten-piece nuggets, an Oreo shake. And then he also gets a, like a second burger, second sandwich. But uh, yeah, that's way too much food for one tiny little Carlos. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how he stays so skinny. I'll try and bring bring a burger back for him today. <laughs> Dude, you'll he'll lose his mind if you show up with McDonald's. Bring him a Happy Meal. How's he respond to Happy Meals? That I don't know. Find I mean, out. But can you imagine Carlos being unhappy it. about a Happy Meal? I couldn't. I couldn't either. Couldn't no, love it. I. I have a hard time imagining Carlos not being happy. So just that that in and of itself. Uh, 
what is the you you've only got a few tour stops under your belt when i say a few between last year and this year what's your favorite moment not demo not work related what's the favorite thing you've seen so far on a dz besides nick and that tank top the other night <laughs> man that was insane <laughs> yeah, I I forgot about that for some reason. Oh my god! Like I buried it, but for some reason I haven't buried the the thoughts of lobsters. It's but. the only thing I've thought about since I've seen it. And, well, sometimes you got to put on a tiny tank top. It's the world we live in. Um, uh, you know, I'm trying to. The first thing that came to mind is, uh, it was it's about an AFF instructor. In, in Z Hills, and I don't quite know the what went on on the on the jump. I don't I don't really remember, but um, there was something. Uh, he the student was having an issue. Um, he ended up deploying for the student, and so and and then it was I think it was relatively low, and he he deployed soon thereafter, and uh, there they jump with. Or at least sometimes they jump with their student radios. Um, and so he's on a, he usually flies a velocity. I don't, I'm not sure what he was jumping at that time, but ended up, uh, it was may even have been like a first or second jump student. Um, and to the South, I believe it's, there's, it's surrounded by swamp, you know, it's Florida. Um, and he ends up doing somehow getting above a student and radios him in to the, a safe place in the swamp, all right? And flying behind him, if he was on his velocity, like, I need, I need some canopy coaching from this guy, like, pulling below a navigator and flying and radioing a student in on it. But uh, flew, flew him into the best spot in the swamp, you know, timed his flare, everything, and then picked up his gear, brought it out. Went in, picked up the student's gear, brought it out of the swamp and then brought the student out of the swamp or some, some variation of that probably, probably brought, brought the student, the student out in first. earlier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would make more sense. Um, but that was like the, the guy's complete dedication to the sport, to being an AFF instructor. It, I hadn't, I hadn't, obviously there are amazing instructors everywhere, but I hadn't seen just like this. I think he's been doing it forever and it was just such commitment and, commitment to the student and to the sport it was really really cool to see that's top level thinking yeah top level execution and top level care yeah. i mean whoever you are if i don't know his, do you know his name uh forgetting off the top of my head do whoever the fuck you are if yeah. you hear this you know who you are you're you're a gentleman you're yeah. a saint i, and respect I that. may have gotten some things wrong in that story but like well, the student coming out last <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> but it was probably one of the the coolest things I've ever seen. Not not even just on when I've been on the road um, or heard. I didn't see it, but yeah. Uh, Do you have an AFF rating? Yeah, yeah. How many AFF jumps? Hundreds. Not not not, not a ton. Uh, most of my jumps are all video. Okay. But I I love AFF. I and you're tandem instructor too, right? Very very little. I I pretty much did enough to pay for it. How many seasons did you spend skydiving full time? Being a jumper. So I've always been a packer. Even when I got all my ratings, I was still I'd still get roped into the mat to you know pack between loads or or help out. But I think I started doing video around 
three, three to 400 jumps. Um, and then full time. Yeah, I don't know. The years blend together. You know how it is, right? Yeah, yes, they blend together very well, man. It's been a long road. I think it was, I think it was five years of full-time video, and then maybe six if you include like part-time when I first started. Is it fair to say you miss it some? Oh, for sure. What do you miss most about it? For with video, uh, first full-time time skydiving. For, uh, I, I love, I love. One of the reasons I love video, aside from you know getting paid to swoop is uh mm-hmm. is the reactions whether they be joyous terrified best thing somebody's ever done uh for first time tandem students um and then seeing many of these people coming back and doing it again and then starting aff and you know five years down the road they're like hey you did my first you did my first tandem video and or then taking some of them through AFF. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think the thing I miss most is being so involved with people's first moments in the sport, um, which I still have the opportunity to do. You know, I can, I can work at the, at the drop zone. Uh, I haven't, but <laughs> <laughs> which it's been nice to take a little break. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it has. For me, it's worked because I've taken a break. I've changed gears. Nick, I'm sure, has. Uh, actually, don't know if I ever watched you not enjoy shooting video. Maybe there is a video. Maybe there is a moment. But as, as far as general time goes, you always seem to enjoy it. But I'm sure shifting gears into another role is also nice to, to, to change scenes. Um, but, man, that, that whole first jump thing, that see in their face. You have mainly worked jumps in a small Cessna or a Turban? Uh Turbine. Turbine. Front float or camera? Or where, where did you leave from on Tana videos? Um, I, I did f- rear float for a long time and then actually kind of accidentally transitioned to front float when we had a pack for a season. Um, and I just started hanging lower and lower. And like, fun, fun fact, I, I can free fly or I can like back fly and sit fly, but not like, not well. Uh, like I don't, I, I tell people that I don't know how to free fly. But, um, for some reason, I just started, you know, exiting on my back, and then like timing the flip over with the with the drogue, and not, and it wasn't until I was watching the video realizing that I was on my back. Um, You're just getting a shot. Yeah, yeah, and it's, and then it kind of just I would crept lower and lower and lower till I was pretty much almost exiting on my back, and I I always had a hand on the on the either the mainly on the like the harness lightly of the student you know for for timing because you know how often do tandem instructors all you guys out there juke us on your counts you know and not actually leave when you're saying you're going to um but the for whatever reason that's the fun of it watch the camera go- there you go oh how big are his wings um, you should have worn them yeah and then once we went back to a bigger i don't know if it was a caravan or an otter um i First couple jumps, I think I was like leaning in heavily on rear float, and then I said, "Well, I'm, just try front float." And then I don't think I did a video. If I if I could do a video from front float, I would. I don't think I I, w- I ever did anything from the rear. You mainly shot front float video. It's a similar thing. I I started with uh, rear float from the camera step for quite a while, and then transitioned to to front float. 
And now uh, it depends a little bit on the fall rate and how well I know the instructor. If it's an instructor I don't know very well, I'm more comfortable leaving from the step. Uh, but if it's someone that I, uh, or if it's a really, really slow fall rate, I'll also leave from the step. Uh, but if it's someone that I know well, and especially if it's someone that I know well that I know is going to have a fast fall rate, I prefer front flip. So always front with Hank. Uh, fast fall rate. Almost, <laughs> almost always, yeah. Um, I, I, I was weird. Uh, drops when I started at, everybody was free fly videographers or started video at, and everybody did front float. So I didn't know leaving from rear float or the camera step was an option for tandem videos. I, mean, I guess somewhere in my brain I did, but everybody left front float, so that's what I did. And when I moved here, all the TIs were skinny. Like, I was one of the biggest, if not the biggest TI when I showed up. Everybody was skinny, scrawny. Remember how skinny Hoop used to be? I don't think I knew Hoop in a skinny You didn't days. know skinny Hoop? Lovey Hoop, but you're, you used to be skinny. You're fat now. You're really fat. Um, Brian Clark was even skinnier back then. So, um, everybody was super light. So, I, when I get afraid of flight i go to the camera step i want to get behind the curve i don't want to be ahead of them in free fall and i learned to shoot uh from the camera step here but back to to my point is the look on their face when they leave the yeah. plane dude, that was that was from, my favorite from, thing about it yeah i love like as a ti i love on opening hearing their first reaction their first comment statement, like I have had dudes propose to me straight up under canopy, right? <laughs> Don't get me bro wrong, bro. I love you. Will you marry? I mean, all sorts of weird <laughs> shit. And it's awesome. It's so much fun. But you never get to see it from the TI yeah. slot, right? Mm -hmm. The video guy, you start shooting video. Yeah, for sure. All yeah. of that sounds really accurate. Yeah. One of my favorite parts, too, is being a videographer and being able to hear the, uh, the student in free fall. Yeah. I'm sure as a tandem instructor, you get to hear it a little bit more often, just, you know, helmet, no helmet, whatever. But the student is right there. Whereas a videographer, it's kind of a special thing where like you're up, you're up close and personal and you can hear this person yelling at you. Like one person in particular, I don't know if she was getting burbled or whatever was happening, but I clear as day heard, what's up, Alex, in free fall. And I <laughs> lost my fucking mind. Like coolest thing that's happened to me on the job so far. The fact that she could even remember your name to say it after yeah. they leave an airplane. I, I love. Yeah. I love when tandem students like because a lot of people they like, get so turned up that like that uh, you know the, the word function in their brain is just totally shut off. Yeah. But people that stay with it so much that they can talk and say things. Yeah. And remember your name. Yeah. Like, that's like, not only are you looking at me, but you have the wherewithal to like know my name, communicate, say hi, wave, do all that stuff. Like it blew my mind. I couldn't believe it was their first jump. So I, I saw something this weekend, and I don't know if it was something that TI always does or if it's something he does to help out the, the videographer, but he was like, all right, Alex, pick up your legs. And I, I was like, is he helping out? Because I always forgot tandem students' names, and I'd be like, oh, shit, pull out my piece of paper, let it write it on. But I was, uh, was this TI so heads up that he was like, yeah, this videographer forgets names all the time and, and helping them out? I, I, I don't know the true answer to it. Who was a TI, do you know? I don't. I would think it's just a TI connecting to a person. I don't yeah. think the TI was trying to tell the... Now, he, he might have that some... Whoever it was, I don't... Do you know who does this? Uh, if it was a female, I've heard Ashley call a lot of her students by their names. Uh, let me think. Uh, and she definitely I, does the connection. I think we just have a good level of professionalism yeah, there, if has, I'm being honest. certainly do. That, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I always make it a point to... Like the tandem student's name is on the board, and I only have to remember it for eight seconds before I've actually greeted them by their name and, and introduced myself. 
And I, I think by making that habit, like I, if I was going to go to a place, uh, any any business, and they were calling me by my name, I know that I would feel more of a connection yeah, to sure. those people and to that place. Mm-hmm. And so I, I know we have a lot of folks that that uh, that genuinely care and go for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think our environment of of not a roller coaster, but this is a skydive. This is a connection. You know, Steve Senior's biggest point with Spaceland tandems is to get you to get a license. He wants you to come back and be a skydiver for life. He, of course, he's got to care some about tan- the first tandems because that's how we get you back. He's got to care some about one-time tandems because that's how we pay some of the bills. But his idea has always been we want to make them skydivers. We want more of the family. We want to grow the family. And I think that's trickled down to that professionalism and care that so many of our staff have. You know, uh, Pedro will talk to his tandem students and truly connect and try to make friends with his tandem students. A lot, a lot of our instructors communicate regularly with their students and no doubt there is some idea of like well this is how i keep my business going this is how i make my money but no i watch these tandem or excuse me stp instructors continually have these relationships with their students after they get their license and it's it's really cool to see a bunch of instructors who really care about the community you know the, the sport is one thing but the community is another and, and to hear our ti's are calling students by their name under canopies just it's fucking awesome dude it's awesome. Yeah. So, I'll blame uh, Carlos. He's not a tandem instructor. <laughs> so, but me, Car- like Carlos and Pedro, like God, those goddamn Venezuelans, they do such a great job of. Uh, <laughs> and this was a struggle, like during the the COVID times when it was real serious. And hey, social distance. Hey, don't touch anybody. Hey, wash your hands. All this stuff. I just couldn't get them to stop hugging people. <laughs> and it's like, man, you ju- I, I'm denying hugs to friends who I haven't seen in two years. You just met this tandem student and you're hugging them. It's like, man, we, like the, the, the passion within, within the, the, those, those folks especially, it's just uh, you just can't control it. They're just really friendly people. But Carlos and you, and you can't fake it either. Man, I, I couldn't fake it. I mean, maybe if you had made me fake it for, for a day. But for them, like that's just a thing that's everlasting. I think it's just uh, they just genuinely love people. Mm-hmm. Their dynamic is really good too. Like they play off of one another really well. Like Pedro will, you know, do a magic trick for <laughs> tandem students, and Carlos is like the most hyped out of everybody. <laughs> and like he's seen that trick however many times now. Got to have a hype man. Yeah, he's and he is the hype man of the drop zone. Like it's palpable when Carlos is not on the drop zone. Like everything is a little quieter and more mellow, and you, you can certainly feel it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I met. I met him, but I definitely know who you're talking about now. Yeah. What's you mean that? Pedro? Pedro? Yeah, I don't think I met him, but I know yeah. who you're talking oh, about. Oh, okay. About. Yeah. He's what like. Did, he's did like, I say something different? He's like no, Carlos's no. dad. I thought you were talking about Carlos for a second. Oh I'm no. Like, yeah. No, you certainly met <laughs> Carlos. <laughs> no, Pedro is the guy who uh, his uh, a kid kicked a soccer ball and hit him in the balls. Yeah, yeah. that's Pedro. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, Daniel Angulo's kid, Daniel. Uh, so Daniel Angulo, you met the kid who kicked the ball is Daniel, this little Daniel. Uh, dude, that was one of the best things. I walked funny. out just in time to see Pedro get just just smashed in the junk. It was super close range. Yeah. The kid's been kicking ball. Kid's ballers. got a good cook. I, oh, Kick. Cook. Well, his mom does. She's a pretty good cook. <laughs> she she does well, man. Oh, dude, that's so funny. Pedro. That poor man, guy. he's having a rough week. I think he kind of ate shit playing spike ball earlier this week, too. I didn't Pedro? See, I didn't see exactly what happened, but they were playing. I glanced away, <laughs> and I glanced back. Everyone was laughing, and he was on the ground. Dude, he will fully commit playing oh, spike ball. So Overcommit. He's too fucking old for it. Dude, him and I are about the same age, <laughs> and I watch the shit he does, and I'm like, I'm going to pull a hip, dude. What? 
Pedro, there's there's two versions of children in this world besides real children. If I say you're a kid uh, as a grown ass adult, he's being such a child. Your child is immature, acting like a little brat. And then there's he's the giant kid because he plays every sport, is the most competitive, is the most active, but he's having fun. That dude will dive through the fence to hit the fucking spike ball. There was uh, Matthew had a cutaway and his canopy was stuck forty feet up a tree. And uh, I don't remember who I went with to try and get it down initially, but we had uh, done everything we could do to throw something over the top of the canopy, shake the tree, whatever. And we go out there with a group of us to try and start chopping down the tree because that was the only thing left to do because it was so high up in the tree. And we're all sitting there. We'd been there for two or three minutes strategizing about what our approach is going to be to get (laughs) And Pedro just... Without saying anything to anyone, just starts climbing climbing this tree that I thought was just unclimbable. And all of a sudden, he's 30 feet up this tree, and we're passing him up the, the, the pole saw. And now he's climbed the tree and is cutting the tree down from inside the tree. <laughs> and uh, I know that's not the first time that, that this has happened. He's, uh, he'll play hard, that, that Pedro. Got experience with it. What, you guys saying them playing off of each other actually really reminded me of something that I really, really miss about working full-time was the... Especially when you get a bunch of jumps, you know, or you paired into a rotation with with an instructor as a videographer, um, that connection that or the you both know each other's routine, and you learn to play off each other and, and like enhancing the, you know, playing into their jokes or giving them an a window for jokes, um, and then just being so uh, what's the word knowing their entire routine and everything so much that it makes the skydive like the easiest thing ever, whether it be, you know, the, the interviews or, or, or the entire skydive routine. Um, you know exactly what they're going to do when they do it. And I, I miss that a lot. Yeah. The camaraderie in the plane, man, you, you hear the same jokes over and over again. And the fact that we can usually still appreciate the joke. And sometimes we're laughing at you for telling it the 20th time today because we've done 20 loads. Um, sometimes we're laughing because we still enjoy the joke. But just, man, the bonds of in the plane. I, I haven't been in the plane a lot until this last week and, and got to make a good few jumps. And partially remembering handshakes was super difficult. But then as we remember and reconnect handshakes, you know, Nick and I look at each other and make the, the little funny signals we do each other. Oh, man, it's so much fun. It's such a good time. Being that plane together and living a life in a sardine can, there's some fun yeah, to it. There's this instructor that I, I, I grew up in the sport with but also did a bunch of video for, and I can't do it now. If, if he started his his gear, like his 8,000-foot spiel as he's getting the students all ready, I would go word for word with He's been doing it for 20 years, you know, and I, I heard it so many times. It was word for word. And he, it got to the point where he was just cracking. He could not get through it anymore because he's hearing someone else saying the exact same things that he's thinking about saying to the student. And then he can't actually even talk anymore because it's like you his voices. His it's like the voices. It's like the voices. <laughs> but did you hear him? Yeah. It's like for some reason, the stupid dad jokes never get old. Well, they do, but you, you just, they're okay. It's the only time they're okay. I'm a a huge fan of stupid dad jokes at any any Yeah, you said that in the wrong room. Repeating them. Yeah, even repeating them. Like, it's just part of the dad jokes. We're all going to fight you now. This (laughs) podcast is over. I'm out. You guys keep going. I am out. I got to go pee. (laughs) (laughs) Give me your best dad joke. Oh, my gosh. Best dad joke? Man, so much pressure. 
Let me think. Fire. First one. Uh, okay, so uh, Hank t- tells a lot of really great dad jokes, and this is one that uh, doesn't <laughs> doesn't always go. Uh, do you know why uh, an elephant paints all of its toenails different colors? No. So it can hide in a jar of jelly beans. Have you ever seen an elephant in a jar of jelly beans? <laughs> Just say no. No. Works pretty good, huh? <laughs> Yeah, it's terrible. I love was it. Was there a second joke? Am I supposed That's to say it. Screen? That's the joke. That's the joke. Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot. The very first one that comes to mind is what do you call a fish with no eyes? <laughs> a no-eyed fish. Fish. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. We can't, even, can't did, even make each other laugh. What did the no-eyed fish say when he ran into a wall? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that's have, all I got. And have, that's all, folks. Have you seen those uh, the, the dad joke contests? No, I haven't. Are they, are they like the old Yo Mama joke? Well, this was no like two people sit down at a table and just go back and forth with uh, dad jokes, and I think the goal. Oh, they're doing it, like celebrities are doing it, right? That so that was a thing, and then I think that there were local places. Like I got invited to um, a bar here that was having a dad joke event where you could just go and watch this thing happen live with with strangers, but uh, the uh, the celebrity ones like. Uh, Kevin Hart and The Rock did a few, I think. Yep. Terrible yeah, jokes. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw Will Ferrell doing them with some with somebody. But yeah, that that's that maybe shit I, I do like. I, I, just maybe I, don't up, dad jokes. I just looked up a couple of dad jokes. You want to hear them? Yeah, hit me. All right. I don't trust those trees. They seem kind of shady. <laughs> Where do boats go when they're sick? The dock. The boat dock. Mm, yep. Those are the two good ones that I've found so far. I'm not just going to read See, them. See, I get like... If before the term dad jokes was a thing, I would have just called these laffy taffy jokes. Yeah. Like the same shitty jokes that were on popsicle sticks and whatever as a kid. Dude, that's still I love it. I only know twenty five letters of the alphabet. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I could I could read them all day. All day. What's uh what sort of movies are you into? Are you a comedy guy? You uh you an action guy? What's your favorite movie? Let's start there. Shit, I don't, I don't know. I think uh, the lobster, perhaps. <laughs> is that a movie? Yeah, it is a movie. It's on, uh, it's on Netflix. Is it a horror it movie? Uh, it's like a weird, quirky. Uh, it's like not really a horror movie. It's like I don't know. I'm having trouble finding a genre for it. But basically, two people are sent to this camp, for lack of a better word, or it's like a, a place where people go, and they have to. Uh, I think it's find someone that they're in love with or find love. And if they don't find it in a certain amount of time, they get uh, they get turned into an animal of their choosing. And I think the main protagonist in the story chose a lobster at the end. So hence, Why would he hence do the that? name. I don't know, but he did. He had to potty train his kid. That's all he could he come did. up with. <laughs> How did you not see that coming? <laughs> I don't know. Um, favorite movie? I don't, know th- I don't like watching things multiple times for the most part. Um, and the only movie that I... Is that a cat again? Yes. Okay. It's really echoey over Have here. Have you never heard a cat before? No, I don't think so. Not yeah. one like that. Those are the voices. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the cat's out of the bag. We've discovered it. The cat. Goodwill yeah. Hunting is one of those movies that I've watched. God, I love Goodwill Hunting. And over, and I. That's a good one. Do it. Do it. Are you going to do the Mocky Danny, Ricky Terry, yeah. Mikey, David, Timmy, Tommy, Joey, Robbie, Johnny, and Brian? <laughs> <laughs> What's your brother think? I can tell you've watched this movie as well. <laughs> At some point, you walked into the video room in Spaceland, and those names were on the whiteboard. I had to memorize it somehow. So is so this a new thing? 
Oh, how long ago did you memorize that? Oh, so it n- feels like it's been a year since I got Not at some point this that. weekend. Okay. I think it's. I feel like it's been more than that. Maki, Ricky, Danny, Terry, Mikey, David, Timmy, Tommy, Joey, Robbie, Johnny, and Brian. I feel like you've been able to this good. well before COVID. You memorized it so well that not only did you re- memorize their names, but you memorized how somebody from Boston says Dude, those names. I can't do accents very well, but if there's a movie that I've quoted a lot, like Goodwill Hunting, I can do the accent. Yeah, I'm terrible with quotes. I'm with remembering like stuff. I I can't. I don't remember jokes. I don't remember quotes. I've already been there. Can so. you do accents? <laughs> it depends. Not on demand. Just French were good. French were solid. Yeah. yeah, you did a pretty good Morgan earlier. Yeah, yeah they, they were way better over the weekend. Because like, I, I hear it, and then I can it just start Emulate going it. Off, Yeah, it's know. a lot easier to repeat it and just do it in the moment. Yeah. But when you have to pull it from your brain, it gets a little tricky. Do you, how do you feel about the movie The Departed? Never I was trying it. to think of a shitty or bad joke to respond to that. Uh, I like the movie. I like every movie with a Boston accent. I don't know what that says about me. What is the Departed? I've Departed's never seen got it. Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Matt Damon's in it. Wow, I'm Jack liking Nicholson. It. Jack right? Nicholson's the crazy wow. mm-hmm. villain. Yeah, uh, I'm liking the sounds of it. Just you've never seen it? No, man, it's a no. phenomenal movie. Uh, uh, what kind of movie is it? Ma- Marky Mark Wahlberg. Fuck, Marky dude, Mark. I'm loving this. Ted's in it. Oh no, he was in the movie Ted. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know who Ted is? <laughs> the teddy bear. No, 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 no. Uh, Matt Leonard, but Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> no, he like it. he uh, their you know troubled neighborhood in Boston. He wants to become a police officer, and uh, they tell him he's never going to be a cop unless he does this undercover stuff. So he goes to jail for a long time, and then gets out of jail and infiltrates this. Uh, or he wasn't actually in jail. Being in jail was part of his undercover. Like, hey, you got to do enough time that no one thinks that you're working as an undercover cop. Yada, yada, yada. He gets involved in this criminal ring, and uh, a lot of people get shot in the head in this movie. It sounds, uh, the end is a little bit crass, but it sounds like just a quick short thing, but it sounds no, like a fucking They don't movie. just get shot. Movie. I think there's someone that gets shot in the, almost the earliest parts of the movie in the head. So you like pretty much every movie of, of the Wahlbergs then? Because they all have Boston accents in them. I don't think I've ever heard or seen a movie where Mark Wahlberg disguises his accent. I could pr- yeah, someone I prove me wrong, but I don't think so either. Now that you bring it up, I feel like whenever I see Mark Wahlberg in a movie, that's just Mark Wahlberg, and he's playing. A character, <laughs> yeah, he, you know, yeah, it's like Mark that. Wahlberg in another movie. Yeah, exactly. Himself, and now yeah. he's from Detroit, but, but like it's still Mark Wahlberg. You know, so you said Matt Leonard earlier. Uh, so he was actually like one of my AFF instructors. And that uh, explains why you skydive so poorly, <laughs> man, let alone <laughs> canopy flight. The, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, he, I, he, he had to have worked. His accent is so much less now oh, wow. than what it used to be. Like it, especially if he has a couple of beers, it comes out and in full force. But I think, you know, he got, he had a corporate job or you know, he was working for, uh, as a chemical engineer, chemical engineer, I think. Uh, but he, he he left, moved out of Massachusetts, and it just it dropped. But it was like literally the khakis, khakis kind of thing. You pack your fucking car in your car pack. This guy's throwing his dirty socks at my sister. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's been my go-to <laughs> boss for a long time. It's starting to sound like Letterkenny. <laughs> Dude, that show. It's hard to keep up with, man. You can watch the same episode like two or three times, and I'm still it's catching so things. That I, yeah, it's so quick. It's hard to keep up with. What's Letterkenny? It's about a small town, and I think the town is called Letterkenny. It is called it's, Letterkenny, like a small Canadian town. Can you play like just the like one of their 
No. I don't think I'm allowed to, but we can watch no. it later. Oh, yeah, because it's all probably... We're also on Spotify, and they are... We, we recently started putting this on Spotify, and they're very quick to uh, tell you you're assholes. Yeah, okay. So uh, You should watch it, though. It's, it's funny. It's small town Canada. Well, last time I watched a show about small town Canada, it was Trailer Park Boys, and that's a fucking Grand Slam, so I'm in. Trailer Park Boys, I don't think I... Have you not seen Trailer Park Boys? I don't think so. I've I've seen a couple of episodes, but I've never like it's horribly stupid and fucking it. absurd. It's just absolutely asinine. Yeah, I feel and like I I'm really gonna enjoy it. I've just never sat down and committed to watching episodes. I, I was the same way, and I don't know. I think one day I was bored and just like fuck it and hit play. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, I don't know what happened to the next three <laughs> days or something like that. Man, it was horrible. <laughs> I mean, that's probably a good sign. I like the guy with the glasses. Who's the, is his name? Bubbles. Bubbles. Yeah. Bubbles. I yeah. see like a bunch of you know memes. Oh, I've seen the memes about him. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, and Randy, right? A guy named Randy is like an alcoholic or something. Or like he becomes the liquor when he drinks. <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't know. I'm trying to remember all their names now because, dude, uh, oh he God. becomes the liquor. Yeah, like he again, is whiskey just from incarnate. Like, yeah, it's just from the memes or whatever that I've seen. Like someone walks up on him when he's drunk and he's like, "I am the liquor now." So something like that. Mr. Leahy is the raging alcoholic. Uh, maybe that's who I'm thinking yeah. of. Then Randy is his assistant. And they are gay and in love <laughs> at some point. Now I don't you know. got my interest. Um, I'm in. Let's do this. Uh, another R name, Randy. Ricky is got the sweet mullet and lives in his car. And the other one starts with an A. Julian. Julian. Randy. Not not an A. Julian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was just reading from the cast. I know. I appreciate it because I was going to be stuck on the A for a while and never got the Julian (laughs) off of an A. Like, uh, so it's 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 a horrible show. It's absolutely fuck. It's atrocious. (laughs) It's miserable. It's it. I love it. It makes me. I'd highly recommend it. Yeah. Like it's you gotta like certain types of humor to like certain types of show. I could see my sister watching that show and probably thinking my brother's definitely an idiot. And then I could see other people watching the show. My mom doesn't like crass or raw. She's very conservative. If it wasn't for that, she'd love the show. My mom loves the dumbest possible comedies out there. She loves stupid comedies. Are, which, are you like a stand up comedian fan? You just have, I can tell you're a very humorous gentleman yourself. Funny so. Looking. No, that's not what I said. Oh. I was talking about my leg. <laughs> humorous. Uh, I was trying to make that joke, but I couldn't remember no. what part of the body that humorous was. Humorous is an arm <laughs> bone, right? Isn't that your funny Isn't bone? it the elbow? I was going to do humorous. the elbow. Humorous is your humorous. Ha. You said go, arm. Go, I heard it. Go back to anatomy <laughs> class. I said leg. <laughs> uh, so what What do you like when you're in the mood for something funny? What do you go to? You said, said you're not a big movie guy. I watched The Gravity Lab. Oh, she- shit. Uh, Would you like uh, <laughs> a, a jersey or something? <laughs> I think uh, like stand-up com- comedian is my favorite. I I love Mitch Hedberg. Perfect. The pr- the best one-liners ever. Um, do you have a favorite Mitch Hedberg joke? You already said you're bad at remembering <laughs> jokes. Let's yeah, I see. do. I don't know what it is though. <laughs> I played uh, Valerie and I were doing a cross-country trip, and Mitch Hedberg. I put an album on at some point, and. She looked at me like I was the stupidest human being for the next like forty five minutes. I, I I wasn't an immediate fan of his, but his joke uh, about Doctor Scholes. He says Doctor Scholes wasted a lot of money on medical school. It doesn't take a doctor to tell you that standing on a cushion feels better. Yeah. I would have bought that from a Mister Scholes. <laughs> That's the be- after that he had me. Uh, his delivery is phenomenal. Yeah, I, it's it's 
I don't think he he's as funny if you're not watching him. He, it still is, but it gives it an entirely different. It elevates it because he cracks up at his own jokes, and it's so authentic. Where it's like he's he's like I can't believe that I'm saying this. This is so stupid, and it's I think that's my favorite part about De- definitely it. Definitely a very uh, when you think of someone who's just a stoner. <laughs> yeah, he sure lives up to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> who else there? Uh, Bert Kreischer. Oh yeah, Bert Kre- yeah. I don't think I watched Kreischer for a long time, and I forget what it was that convinced me to watch a, a special of his, and I did. Maybe the, the skydive joke? Did, you, did, did he have a skydive joke? Yeah, he talks about going on tandem. Really? No, yeah, I haven't heard that talks one. about, uh, <laughs> yeah, this Mission Impossible moment where you're supposed to feel like a badass and some other dude's crotch is right oh, up in your okay. yeah, 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 yeah. it's been a minute, but I actually... No, I want to say it was a bit after that. Like, machine. it's only recently... No, the machine was long out. I think it was only very recently I watched one of his specials. The machine's a classic, 100%. I, last, definitely within the last year. And I enjoyed the shit out of it. I, I don't know why I didn't want to watch any of his specials, because I do enjoy the machine. I have heard the sky. Dude, I'm super distracted by him with his shirt off. Dude, it's <laughs> so funny. Like, all of his TV specials, like, he'll just be... On like a, on the sidewalk outside of his house, filming a, a advertise or a commercial for his show, mm-hmm. and he's just half naked. Yeah, I think that he thinks that that's just part of his brand, for lack of a better word, of like that's just what people expect from him. And uh, man, I would I would enjoy watching his comedy better if he had a shirt on. It's distracting. It's very distracting. Yeah. Have, have you seen the dance off between him and? Uh, <laughs> yes, it's amazing. Tom Segura. Yes. Yeah, I like Tom Segura as well. They've, I mean, very. I think they have very similar kinds of comedy. You saw Tom Segura's uh, music video that has a even fatter killing Bert. Yes. Yeah. Spoiler alert: He stabs him a bunch. Yeah. It's real great. It's such. It's so good. The the amount that and the behind the scenes is even better. Mm-hmm. Like the amount of work that they put into doing that, like the months of choreography, and him actually learning how to dance. And he's he's dressed up as Steven Seagal for some reason, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Well, because why not? If you're going to make a music video where you murder your friend at the end, be Steven Seagal. Yeah. So, man, it's been a while since you've made some random stupid video like this. I was just yeah, thinking it's been about a dancing. We, I will dance in a video. I'm down. Let's do it. Okay. Pick pick what dance we're doing, and it's going to happen. Oh man! You, did you see the one with me and Francisco dancing out by the airplane? Oh yeah! Where we uh, recreated the, the the Fox News anchors dance. Mm-hmm. Shit was fun. My favorite one. I was, got one for was you. Still the one was Carlos. That's 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 hands down the best one. Yeah. That was the was what, was that a Spaceland ad? Not really. It was so we Stephen uh, Stephen Boyd Jr. saw it as a Super Bowl commercial where the I don't know what I don't even know the football players Tom Brady and somebody else. Do do the same thing, and we just recreated it shot for shot of like Tom and Gronk, probably. I, I'm not sure. I don't know football. Neither do I. But uh, they did the same dirty dancing routine, and we ba- basically just ripped it off and thought, "Hey, how can we make this skydiving?" And then uh, we had uh, whoever those six people were. I can only see. I can see Hank, Fernando, Glenn, Rob Tim Parker, Kelly, Kelly, Tim Rob Kelly. Parker, and uh, Hank. You said Hank's name. Yeah, there's someone else. Oh, Jeff Witt, I believe, was the last one. Yeah. But, man, it was so fun. Like, if you grab a group of six dudes and say, hey, we got to learn this dance sequence, like, you're, 
you this might weather get, day activities? You might get, uh, it ended up being some weather day activities, yeah, but you might get a varying level of participation in that in that group. But man, everyone was super committed to it and every take got better and better. And we just, man, we were having a lot of fun with it. But uh, like, I love making those videos. The hardest part for me is having the idea of what that video should be. So when, you know, if you if we come up with the idea, I can figure out how to make the idea. Was, I was talking with Deal. Zach Sobel about, uh, you know, doing doing the TikTok trends. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I didn't have TikTok until until recently. And there's some really stupid stuff out there, but they seem really easy to learn. And you could definitely get like an entire drop zone to do one to of those just dance challenges. Yeah. Like, remember the. Uh, what was the the, the weather hold dance off thing? Yeah, not not that. Yeah, w- when Mel was doing it. No, the uh, I know what you're talking about. They did it in the plane. They did it's yeah. It's uh, like everybody freezes. Simon did it. So there's the mannequin challenge. No, that one. Uh, everyone starts dancing. Mm-hmm. And the song went viral for a while. Uh, oh my god! I, I keep oh, wanting the, to say cha cha slide, but it's definitely not that. Charleston, I think, is in it. I want to say you said ch earlier. Yeah, I, it's on the tip of my tongue too, but I I can't. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. When, uh, when this happens, where like I I feel like it, it starts with a C. I start thinking of every other word in the alphabet because it is never what word <laughs> what letter. It's someone's screaming at, at the at the at their computer screen at the computer or into their headphones or into their phone into the abyss in Why their would car. They scream into their headphones. Well, if you're watching on Facebook, Ma- help us out. I, Man, I can only... You remember the Boston Marathon? Yeah. <laughs> I can see this terrible video where someone put that song to the bombing of the Boston Marathon. Oh, my <laughs> So if you want to look up really <laughs> awful, cringy things, that might have that song on it. Okay. Harlem Shake. Harlem, yeah, Harlem Shake. That, that's exactly Charlie, that. Harley. Charleston. It was a city. The Harlem Shake. <laughs> Do the Harlem Shake. Yeah. yeah. We got there. Man, I, I we can end the show now. I feel so much my brain. I was over here like, dude, I got it. What is it? What is it? What is it? How'd you find it? Nick did. Nick just yelled it. Just popped in my brain thinking yeah. about the the, wow, yeah. the okay. Boston. I was, about to I was looking at you as you said Harlem Shake. That was really. I was about to pull a buddy's Facebook up and go to his videos because he had posted one and just scroll through the video. Oh, so I saw it. So. Yeah, that's a few years ago. Yeah, hopefully this guy doesn't post a lot of videos because that's but, what I was about to do. But I, I feel like those, those sorts of like that's a thing that's on TikTok every week, right? Every week there's a new song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we we could get on one of those. Yeah, that would be fun. I'm ha- I I would like to do some impression stuff too. I feel like that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Dude, you so, and I were talking. No, about I I really day. feel like we could like Eddie Murphy style. You know how Eddie Murphy plays multiple characters in every comedy movie he's in. Yeah, you if you put me with a camera and you in character, man, like, man we could make some stuff. I'm so, super down. I'll start brainstorming, and I love getting dressed up for dumb reasons. So like, <laughs> let's do it, man. Like, more and more manufacturers <laughs> and drop zones are getting onto TikTok. And like I th- like t- it would be hilarious to have battles like where how there were the weather hold battles or, or you know mm-hmm. the weather hold dance offs yeah yeah wasn't Melanie Curtis running it? like I'm not off? sure I, I feel like there were two drop zones that I and it's been so long I, I can't remember um, I feel like Sky of Chicago had one and I don't remember what the other big one was TikTok battles let's start it let's do it drop zone TikTok battles. <sighs> It's on. No way. I'm just thinking about like <laughs> Stomp the Yard style. Have you guys seen that movie? No. Stomp I know what you're yard. talking about. Not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> what, Not except someone, for when I was a teenage girl. <laughs> Man, when I was a kid, I loved that movie. I just remembered like 
it got me so <laughs> fucking pumped just seeing these two people, like these two groups of people just battling it out with dance. <laughs> it's like it's so expressive. Why don't we just go to some dance clubs and start battling? I mean, the yeah. world's opening back up. Dude, have it's you true. been to Kung Fu in in Houston? Man, it's on I, Washington I Street. I know the name and I think I have. It's a bar that has arcade games lined <laughs> around. Okay, the never mind. I haven't been there. Man, no. it's really good. And if there's a DJ that will play that shitty hip hop music that I love, dude, I, you cannot get me off that dance floor. I looked down. very, very briefly at renting that place out for a night. Man, we should. I'm, I realize I'm getting too old. I think it's <laughs> to be expensive. the guy on the dance floor all night. I got, dude. I got to get like this last year in. I got to do it. <laughs> too expensive, I think, to rent that place out. Not well, I will go it. dance there with strangers all night and have a great time. <laughs> well, you, you get the same purpose or the same effect as renting the whole place out if you go in with a bunch of people and get real weird. Dude, I will get straight up get weird at the dance club. Straight up. It's a uh, man. We still have yet to. I've, we've talked about here and there. Just I don't even know if we've done it on a show. But I would love to do something with a bunch of skydivers in the Houston area. We would just do it as a gravity lab event. We don't give a fuck who shows up, to listen to the show or not, and all like take over Alamo uh, Film House, like get a theater and show a movie, or go to someplace like that's not dancing. What's the name of the place you just called again? Kung Fu. Kung Fu. That's right, man. Um, they do have a big screen, I, I believe, where we could play skydiving footage for funsies and dance to take all the film festival footage and just run them all together sure. and show back to back to back to film festivals. Yeah, That'd be pretty cool. That'd be, it's going to be the fifth one. It's going to be a fifth one this year, dude. Man, I don't have an idea for, uh, for what the video is going to be. Space. The oh, final for Yeah, remember, I want, I'm, I want, I want some space. Space. I'm, I want to space this year. Together. Now Whoa, you, dude. Now you just made right? it weird. Damn, mind-blowing. Do you know where an astronaut goes to hang out after work? Uranus? The space bar. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's space. <laughs> Sorry, right, dad jokes. It. It's coming back. <laughs> um, space? I don't know if that space? one was just as stupid or just... The space bar. It's a space it. bar. There's no, there's no joke. Like this the computer space bar? Yeah, it's a space bar. What yeah, the, like the Mexicans say when the house fell on them? Get off me, Holmes. <laughs> 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 it's my favorite dad joke. If you want to say I'm racist, get off me, Holmes. That's all I got to say to you, man. <laughs> um, so space theme, like you don't have to be a Star Trek or Star Wars, right? Like a, uh, use Star's Galaxy, just anything, like anything space related. Man, C-3PO. Uh, space balls. I don't care. I, okay, someone's so, space. Uh, Alex is going to dress up as Princess Leia with a beard. I'm down. Yeah, Princess Druidia. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to need a wig for sure. But I, I bet I bet there's Princess Leia wigs out there. I have two wigs. You do. I right. I was uh, my roommate made me be a fembot for Halloween. This is getting <laughs> awkward. She was Austin Powers. Okay, it was a she. If it so, was a he, it got real weird. So my my buddy Kyle Peterson, who used to be the demo coordinator. Kyle PD, who? Yeah, exactly. Never heard of him. And then, uh, love, you, love you, boo-boo. I know you're listening to me somewhere. Uh, Playing golf. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Jonathan, her boyfriend, We there were three fembots, and she was Austin Powers. And uh, I looked damn good. Uh, Machine is, gun jubblies? Is there? Did you feel good when you put the wig on? Or? It's not the first time. Did you wig out a little bit? So, okay, so I, we really got to put some thought into the space theme. How, how's it going to... I only think Star Wars because I know you're a Star Wars nerd and you will enjoy watching a Star Wars themed video. I don't want it to be Star Wars themed. Uh, th- that I'm over. I, I just... I have this huge fascination with space. Um, it, It's... You know, we talk about alien life. Like, what the... 
fuck is out there, man? It's so vast. It's so deep. It's so expanse. Or it's a huge expanse. So I, I just want something. You do whatever you do. I'm going to get the poster to have a space galaxy theme to it. There you go. Okay. Done. So if you happen to throw in a little like solar system looking thing in the back, I don't care. I, I think the poster, so, though. I'm gonna wh- once upon it. a time, a good friend of ours named Braden Smith uh, made a, a rap about things at the drop zone. I, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. If you can't find me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about that and thinking about how much fun it might be to make my own lyrics to a song and then make a video to that song and have the theme of it just be that it's a hip-hop music video that's also skydiving because that sounds right up my alley. But so that's not really a story at all. Who cares? It's entertainment. It might be. No, it's entertainment. I, I like this idea. So basically recreate what Braden did, but do the rated, uh, uh, the PG-14, so PG-13 version. You know that like my first step into an editing project, uh, one Music. like the film festival, is usually I've got a song stuck in my brain sure. that I've got to do something with to process it and thoroughly hate the song so I can mm-hmm. stop listening to it. And I have one of those songs in, in my brain. I want you to use Unwritten by Natasha whatever, Natasha whatever her name is. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't know. It's from. It's a song's been See, stuck Natasha, in my Natasha, whatever her name is, she's <laughs> yeah. great. Uh, Feel the rain, like, dude. Hey. I would tell you that I hate Cardi B. I can't play this song right now. She's got a really good song called "Up" that is right up my alley. I want to play the songs right now to check them out, it. but I just can't. I'll, I'll show. <laughs> Red Line by Jordy Kiefer. I don't know it. It's. I really want to make an edit to it, but Red Line or Red Lines. It's really good, and it. There was someone playing it every. Oh, yeah, too far from the mic. There we go. Uh, there was someone playing it every hour on the hour at Flamingo Fest in Z Hills, and it just got stuck into my mind. And it's pretty fantastic. Jordy Key for Redline official video. Man, you need to uh, come back in October for the film festival. Maybe I'll make one. Maybe you'll make one. Even if you don't make one, come hang out, come party. This year, uh, I don't think I've announced this yet, but this year, the film festival, uh, last year, LMB was super generous and bought beer. They bought beer for the film festival. Um, this year, Jay Daniel and Landing Point Cafe is going to be making some tacos. Um, the first time he made tacos, he was on a little bit of a budget, wanted to make them super cheap and super affordable because that's what people wanted to spend. And they were decent tacos. They weren't n- nothing crazy, though, but uh, pulled pork and shredded uh, brisket tacos is what we're going for this year. Um, he's making them. LB is buying everybody two tacos each for this next film festival. And there's still going to be some booze. So, uh, man, it's going to be a party. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, Thomas asked me to come out for the Halloween boogie that they may be having in San Marcos. So no, we don't care about them. Come hang out with us. Well, I mean, it, ours is the I'm weekend before at, theirs. I'm looking at your dates, so that sounds like it would work out. Yeah, ours is for the weekend before theirs. You know, I, y- you guys aren't worth it alone. Do you know what else happens the weekend of the film festival? The same day is the finale of the Texas Shootout, the uh, accuracy series that Lori and I put on. Mm-hmm. So it'd be kind of cool to have you here to see that and. Uh, you can maybe hang medals on people and give them their awards and prizes. Nobody wants. You'd me be to like that. Man. Actually, Lori does that part. That's way better. Way better when Lori gets to hang that shit. Yeah, for everybody else included. I mean, <laughs> dude, who doesn't want their medal hung around their neck by an eighty-year-old lady? God, she's so old. She was seventy-six. So no, she's eighty, dude. She looks great for her age, though. I you mean, know, let's be real. You remember that movie <laughs> uh, Jack with Robin Williams, where he ages so much faster than everybody else? Or is she actually Benjamin Button? Lori button. <laughs> yeah, it's going backwards. No, she's aging forward for sure, man. <laughs> she, she's like a dog. 
This is that's a worse, great. Right? That's <laughs> a great. She's aging so excited at a time. Hear yourself dig dig your way out of that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got no digging to do with Lori. <laughs> no. Her and I get pretty rude with each other. I I absolutely love Lori to death. I, I thought the only time I was going to see like dog. a 70, 80 year old fly a high performance parachute was George Neeson. <laughs> you know, and then I came here and Lori demoed of, of velocity. So. I got to I've seen like two now two seventy or eighty year old people <laughs> old people going high fast. performance. Do you guys have a senior citizens discount for the demo program? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they just forget that they got one though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Lori! So, thank you so much, a senile citizen. <laughs> senile citizen. You know, the best part is that she rolls with the jokes with the best of them. She really is. Uh, when it comes to the jokes, one of the guys. She knows how to fling them. She knows how to. How old is she them. actually? No idea. <laughs> no clue. Um, I want to say 42, 43-ish. I, I'm going to be really off a little bit there, but I, it's in the low 40s if I remember right. But I've called her 57 is where I started. It is the youngest I've called her in a long time now. <laughs> her email. Should we delete this part of the, fuck of no, the podcast? Dude, no. Oh, some dude up in Chicago walks up to her and says, say hi to DJ Carlos. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Um, or, uh, and also says, by the way, you're 70 to her. We, we've had listeners of the show greet Lori by age. So, <laughs> no, we will not delete this. <laughs> My favorite part of this show. No, the time when you called her younger then. People randomly have texted Carlos because Carlos gave out his number on this show and said, text me. And we've promoted that number again and said, text him. And so he randomly, year, month, late, whenever. No, people, he had people call him live on, on when he was here on the show. People were calling him and he's just answering his phone. Because for, for a, this seems like when we first started the podcast, we had said that there was this rule that if your phone rings on the podcast, you have to answer it and just have the phone call. And, and everyone like, has to listen? Yeah, I don't know that it's ever actually happened. I don't know that any, any of us have ever answered a, a phone call. But Carlos invited the phone calls while, while it was happening. And some, I think one of his students called him. I feel like uh, some of our Oceanside folks maybe called once. I don't know. Man, I've really... Th- I've, this is the 168th episode, and... Some God, that's dis- that's disgusting when we think about how much time we've sat in this room talking about nonsense. Bullshit. <laughs> a lot of time. I mean, it, it is, which is why... And it's all recorded. Yeah. They were so long at first, too, before it, we had established that we were trying to have a two-hour event. Yeah, which, speaking of, just checking. That's you, BJ. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know why DJ's laughing, Jesse's calling me on my phone right now. Is he? Got an answer. Hey, hey Jesse, what's up? Nothing much, man. How's it going? Hang on. Let me put you on speakerphone so everyone can hear. How's it going? Oh, the echo's just going to get worse and worse. It's building. I can't. That's a terrible idea. I covered my mic. Solo looking to build. Solo. He's looking to build. Where are you going to be next, and where are you going this summer for people who do want to find you? The rest of the events will be on the page shortly, but... I'm off to Dallas and then Des Moines, Skydivers, and then I'll be putzing around the Midwest for a little bit. And Fourth uh, of July at CSC, Summerfest for sure, um, and eventually making my way over to my home drop zone at Jumptown in Orange, Mass, which will be really cool. Where I started, it'll be nice to, real nice to get back there. But uh, just finishing up posting all the the events on our, they'll be on our events page. Um, 
but yeah, and hopefully back here in October. Use and use and search for the hashtag what we love mm-hmm. and you'll find a little bit more about the demo tour. You'll see where that you see what's going on. Go to performancedesigns.com. Go to the demo tab and ch- click on it at the bottom. You'll see demo tour or somewhere in that line and it has everywhere they're going to be, everywhere they're going, or it's going to have that soon. It also has a list of the demos they're carrying. So if you're interested in what Performance Designs is doing on the road, check that out. If you're interested in hanging out with Jesse, I'm so sorry about your luck. Um, He is better than Bo, though. Love you, Bo. Uh, When we first met you, you were the new Bo. New Bo. And Nick established he's the old Jesse. (laughs) Yeah, old Jesse. Do we just call Bo old? So, man, as we wrap up, as we get moving, Nick's not going to turn to a pumpkin, but I am. Anything you want to share with people about life on the road, how to find you, how to get a hold of Demo Tour? No, I mean, you pretty much covered it all. I hope to see everyone out there. If you see me, come by. I have a lot of bad stories. I'm terrible at telling stories. Um, they really generally go nowhere. Um, but I, I can at least talk a little bit about parachutes and stuff like that. So White monsters. The canned beverage yeah. white monsters, not Alex is a white monster. The canned <laughs> beverage white monsters. And when you show up to the tour tent, make sure you have one of those in hand <laughs> and you will have a best friend for life. Man, what's that guy's name sent over there? Alex, that's his name. That's me. Alex, how's it feel? First time through it. Yeah, good. I mean, I've never had a panic attack for two hours straight, but now <laughs> we can check that box. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> good to go. So what's going to happen here in a second? is remember that play that funky music white boy yeah. button can i do the horn sound first I've been dude waiting. get at it man make sure i did it earlier but it I, wasn't. I heard it, is that- Crank yeah, it yeah. Up. have fun with it man get at it mr p what you got that's it uh, the ham horn finishes it off for me yo guys and gals grab that radio push that funky white music boy and uh white music boy <laughs> we got words we got shows mr jesse o'neill performance designs thank you for being here performance designs thank you so much for letting us have the uh road tour the uh, the air show a month and a half, a year and a half ago when we were there. You guys were absolutely wonderful hosts. Till then, Gravity Lab Radio, Blue Skies. Uh, we'll actually have a down the rabbit hole before our next episode, but we'll be back in two weeks. See you guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for being here, man. Wear, cro- wear Crocs, pee in toilets, <laughs> avoid lobsters. Pink flip-flops, pink flip-flops. It's not a girl's name. Facebook feed? Yeah, the live video has ended, and then do I just do it in reverse order? Uh, yeah. We can do that in any order you want over there. Okay. Over also, here, understand that is this. Almost yeah, yeah, I, I just saw one of the swoops.